0: Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 520. I've got a super special Friday episode tonight. I've been looking forward to this one. We've got Mr. Trees, Family Tree uh, Seeds. How you doing? What's happening, Eagle? Tell us where. Nice, man. much, mix. man? You want to tell everybody how you're doing Hello, this evening? I'm and let me Start shut this guy up in the
1: background. Straight. All right. Tell us how you're doing
0: and where you, we, we can find you, of course.
1: I'm uh, Tyler, I'm Tyler, Mr. Mr. Trees. Uh, you know, if you know me, you know me. If not, you know, you look hard enough, you know, I'll, we'll come face to face. Um, I'm doing well tonight. I'm smoking on some Pam and some uh, ice cream cake crosses that I'm looking at right now, which is nice. And yeah, man, I'm, you know, kids are asleep. I got I got some weed and you know I got some shit to do so you know let's have a good time you know.
0: It was pleasure to get to meet you this year firsthand. Uh, it's always a pleasure when you can get that handshake and it's yeah, I get to see somebody face awesome
1: that you made it out here to, to Michigan. Uh, do you get yeah. out this way often? no that was my first time man that was my first time ever in Michigan which was which was cool so I drove from the you know I flew into Detroit and then drove all the way out to Muskegon and stopped everywhere in between and hung out in Grand Grand Rapids for a little while and then you know headed back over to to Nick's place out there and I mean I was I was all over man I, I felt like I saw the whole the whole bottom half of Michigan anyway you know I didn't get up to the north but I saw the, the whole bulk of the bottom half, so, but it was nice, man. I saw one of the biggest storms I've ever seen in my life, and everybody in Michigan is like, they're all teammates out there on the freeway, so when it gets raining really, really hard, we don't have that here in SoCal, you know, when it starts really ripping, you know, lightning striking on the side of the road, fucking thunderstorms are fucking howling, you know, we're rolling through the, we're rolling through the thing, and as soon as it gets too hairy to see, everybody's hazards goes on. And everybody gets tight, so you can all see. You know what I mean? In Michigan, I was I was riding with a whole crew of cats for hours. You know, through storm after storm after storm, hitting the hazards and dropping down to ten miles an hour. You know what I mean? Trying to get through those little. It was it was way cool. So uh, not something that I'm used to from from the desert. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Next time you have to hit the upper half, come see me up in the in the northern part, section of Michigan there. <laughs> Hell yeah, Beautiful that where you are? Here.
1: You're in the top you're yeah. in the top, that northern part? Yeah, right on.
0: Right on. Lots slower up here, Chief. Lots slower up here. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, the hills and uh pretty trees up here.
1: Yeah, that's that's next. I'm I'm definitely coming back. I got some family in Ohio and um you know New York and other places like that, so this year, I'm I'm planning to make it my mission to do more travel, and I'm going to do the Regen conferences all throughout, you know, the U.S. I'm going to do as many little spots as I can. I'm going to try to just pop in and, you know, see as many of the as many of the community members as I can. You know what I
0: mean? Pretty awesome. So you've been around a little bit. Uh, how did that uh, little Michigan event way up? To some of the other events you've been to, I mean that was a pretty small event, but it's uh, a lot of great people. You know what I mean? People kind of bunch right up and have fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, I yeah, I, uh, I was really impressed with uh, you know the the community there. You know how everybody was really 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 friendly. Um, they might look at you a little funny here and there in the gas stations when I was rolling through but everybody was super, super friendly, man. The, the community, everybody makes it out. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it definitely felt more like a, you know, like seeing your family than it did hanging out with a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of people. You know what I mean? It was really cool. You know, I, uh, I enjoyed going through, I enjoyed hanging at Nick's. I enjoyed stopping over at my other buddy's house. It was like every place I went, I felt like I've been there for, for 10 years. You know, there's only been one (laughs) other place like, uh, that I felt like that. And that's up in like upstate New York area and like one of those little small little, you know, Rochester type towns. There's, you know, this place called Chila I really liked and everybody was super friendly there. You know, it was like it was a really, really nice place. So Michigan was cool, man. It was a good spot. There were smoke shops, there was ganja on the table, you know. People were people were always happy. There's music playing at that at that one festival. The gene traders event was was killer, man. I was you know, it was a small little spot, but there was a lot of people that showed up and, and showed support. So, you know, I got no complaints. I'll definitely come back to Michigan. You know,
0: Michigan definitely loves its cannabis, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I don't know if it was like that that Green Rush cannabis place or whatever, but they were at Gene Traders. Man, they had a they had a line out the out the door, man. So everybody was standing that line. Uh, the traders all all came over and kind of had to see me for a few seconds anyway, so it was nice. I got to meet a lot of people. It was it was a good time. Man. It was really good. I'm glad I made it out. It wasn't a wasn't a waste of time. Didn't hurt. Me at all. It was all it was all good. Man, it was it really felt good. So I'm gonna try to do it more. That's for sure.
0: So uh, gotta start it off right from the beginning, like we usually do. When was that? Uh, when was the first time cannabis rolled through your life? Oh
1: man! So uh, when I I was like twelve or thirteen years old, and I moved from Arizona to California, the San Diego area, and uh, about you know right around seventh grade there, I don't remember the exact very first time that I smoked, but it was like the second or third time that I, that I had smoked. It was like one of my neighborhood kids. And when I, when I moved from, from Arizona, it was like a farm boy in the middle of nowhere with like nothing going on, you know, except for like, you know, sports guy, you know, that's basically all that, all that there is out there. So when I got to California, there was all kinds of shit happening, man. There was, there there was a million things to do. Everybody was zinging and zanning. There was, the beach there was snowboarding people had money here it was like it was a whole nother world so uh i don't remember how it really went down but one of my neighbors was a skater kid we were i was into skateboarding and he he snagged some ganja at some point from somebody maybe one of his family members and uh we ended up going to the to the park nearby our house and meeting up with this crazy ass gangster fool when i think back to it man like I'm like, the situations that that used to put yourself in when you were like a little kid was just, it was just, it was crazy. Uh, but this gangster fool, we went and hung out with him and we ended up smoking like just bong load after bong load out of, a, out of a plastic, like piece of junk, dirty water, bong thing. You know what I mean? And I had never really smoked much. And man, I was... I, I was flying like I'd never been flying before It was old that that old Mexican brickweed. And I had to go home and I was just a kid. So I skated home and I showed up and my dad was home and he wasn't supposed to be home. And when I walked in the door, like he knew right away that I was just wasted. But he didn't say it, he didn't say a word. Like I tried to walk past him and like just go to the room and sit down and you know, like just hide from him the whole time, you know. And he's like he called me into the into the living room, he's like, Hey, come in the living room. And he broke out like a, like a guitar center magazine or something. And he started asking me questions about all the, all the strats that were in the magazine and like showing me these Tramellons just totally trying to fuck with me when I was just wasted, you know? And I got really sick and ended up just like laying in the bathtub and like that, that next day I was like, man, that was, that was crazy. Let's do it again. I don't know why I wanted to do it. <laughs> I don't know why to do it again, but I was all, I was all over it again. We went and bought this, this bag of weed from who knows where and I gave the guy 20 bucks and he brought me back this a gram and we had never seen green bud before i had never seen green bud before I was we were used to that the Mexican brick weed we were getting big old bags for 20 bucks you know so when he brought me back this little gram I was like oh f this you're ripping me off this is garbage and I ended up trading that gram to that to that gangster um Gangster dude that I was hanging out with the first time with the with the plastic bomb for a, for a twenty bag of mech for my grandma Dankweed that I had because I didn't know the difference you know what I mean I was like thirteen or fourteen or something like that and uh, I'll never forget that he's like you want to trade oh I'll trade you no problem and he was like so excited to trade me I just didn't understand it you know at the time you know and they called it gal uh, the green bud and I've never heard anybody call it gal like bef- then or since or ever. And it was like this one time in my life. And and for some reason he called it gal and, and I'll never forget that. So I always ask like, you know, anybody ever call ganja gao? you know, when you're, when you're, you know, growing up, it was fucking, I've never heard that shit. And I've been doing this for, you know, 30 years almost, you know? So it's like, never heard it again, but gal, green bud being called gal. I was like, wow, that's weird. So anybody knows about that, let me know. But yeah, man, that's what started. And then, I started growing those seeds in those in those bags, and that's kind of where where everything kind of started, you know, um, for the seed stuff and you know the the ganja on the regular and not having money and finding rides and hustling. The hustle the hustle was born, you know what I mean? So it was a it was a good thing, you know, it was a good thing back then. But,
0: we were we're smart enough to learn to drop those seeds in the ground back way back then <laughs> to cheapen up the hustle. For most Dude. of us, we didn't figure it out till a little bit later. We just kind of like knew there was a hustle there. And if we did the math correctly, there was money to be made or free cannabis. But to actually put the seeds in the ground and make it a hundred percent, you know, not a hundred percent profit, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Never no, even it occurred. A,
1: dude, it was, it was, a, it was a crazy thing with, you know, being in Arizona, we grew, we grew stuff. I always had a garden and we always, we always planted seeds. And my grandpa was an old cotton alfalfa farmer out there forever. So, you know, he was always growing shit and planting stuff and doing stuff. And, you know, for whatever reason, I was like, man, there's seeds right here. I don't have any money. Let's grow these seeds. And my, you know, my, my household was, you know, cool enough to where I could kind of get away with that, you know what I mean, and not not have to worry about it. And I remember I had this little, this little like five by five little, like, structure in the in my backyard, you know, my mom's house at some point, and I filled that thing up with all of these, all of these seedlings, like there there was, there was tons of seedlings in there and they had a new puppy and the new puppy got into there and destroyed all of my seedlings. And I had been using all those seedlings and those plants for like, you know, weeks before that to get rides and trade and stuff for, for this and that. And, you know, and then the, the couple of survivors out of that batch was a male and a couple of females. And that made my first like real batch of seeds. And I was like, oh, there we go. We can make more seeds. This is this is normal. Okay. So and then I had to learn about the males and how that one's why that that I had seeds in the first place. And I'm just like a, you know, 15, 14, 15 year old kid trying to figure figure the stuff out. There's no place you can kind of read it or you couldn't really get anywhere to do it. It was just kind of like you just I was just watching plants, man. Just trying to just grow them and keep them together and try to stay out of trouble. And it was it was really cool. It taught me a lot of stuff, man. It was really cool. Sounds like,
2: good, <laughs> sounds like a good.
0: Sounds uh, like a good experience. Very young there. So, what did you? What What was your first experience? Basically, learning about males, other than this is what you needed to make see? Mm-hmm. Were you starting to take notes exactly? You know, this is kind of the trait. This
1: one, you know what I'm saying. This plus yeah, so, this could be, yeah, business. yeah. Like the first time that I that that you know, the plants that survived that first little incident, uh, like I said, I had a male and a couple of females in there, and I kept watching the mail. And I'm like, this one looks really different than these other ones. And the other ones were putting on frost and they started having hairs and they like, they look like the stuff that I was kind of smoking, you know, in a weird way. It was really green and really different. I was blown away. I didn't know that it was Brown. Like I, I didn't know that it was old, you know, and turned Brown. And when it was growing on the planet was so much greener and nicer looking. And I'm like, man, these seeds were, this was Brownweed seeds. And now it's turned, you know, it was, it was this whole thing. But like, uh, you know, when I watched that first one go in the end, he had, he had just dumped pollen. He probably just pollinated every, every plant, you know, within, you know, five mile radius of that place, you know, but he was just dumping and going and I completely flowered him out. And in the end, I remember like cutting him down and going, I can't, this isn't, this isn't what I'm after. All those flowers were falling apart. And I was like, okay, so this must be like male or a female, or I didn't know which one was male or female at the time either. You know, I figured the one that had the flowers, like the actual flowers, the male was the female, uh, but I didn't really know. So I knew that they were, they were different sexes. And then that next time around, I found another, another couple males in there and I ended up killing those males. And when I grew that weed, those, weed didn't have any seeds in it. Or, you know, there was maybe one seed or two seeds in the bottom somewhere, maybe, you know, it was something like that, but it didn't have any seeds in it like the other ones did. So I was like, wow, okay. So that was like, that was the start of if I, after I, after I kind of ran out of those, the, those like connections, I couldn't get any more seeds out of those bricks anymore, really. So I just started making more seeds, you know what I mean? I was stuck. I moved kind of far away from all of my friends and my school and I was kind of just a, Just kind of a weird, I was an isolated situation, you know, just kind of stuck there. So I just started making more seeds and then growing as many of those plants as I could so that I could trade them to the older kids so that I could get rides back and forth to where we hung out. And I'd get me and my friends, I'm like, hey, me and my friends want to go down here. Like, I'll give you a plant if you can take us home up to my house you know in the end like you know i'll give you two plants if you take us around and and you know stuff like that and i didn't know if they were male plants or female plants and neither did they nobody knew what the fuck they were doing you know what i mean even the older kids they had a no clue so it was like yeah i'll take a plant so all of a sudden i was a little cooler because i had some plants and you know I, w- I would be able to use that to my advantage you know it was it was pretty cool you know it was it was a good time but it just took a couple times I like that
0: man making hands over fists and giving away plants <laughs> that early on. I'm sure <laughs> you gotta meet this kid. He's well, probably give you a plant.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, they didn't. You know, if you had a car, man. I mean, yeah, you were down if you could try. It. And then I remember we we'd have so many, and you know, we try to just hike them down on the cliffs on the on the side of the you know the canyon sides, and we try to plant them places next to the freeway and. You know, every single time we took them out there, like, you know, nine out of 10 times they'd get taken or killed or, you know, whatever. We never, we never got to pull a lot of those. There's only this one spot that we could ever pull it off, you know, and we worked on that spot for like, you know, three years and that was, that was our spot and it took a long time to find that, but it was a good time, man. It was being young, we'd fish, we used to fish and stuff and we'd hike to these little canyons and. We'd check on the plants, and then we'd fish, and we'd hang out, trying not to get bit by fucking rattlesnakes. You know what I mean? It was it was way cool. You know, hike water out there and stuff. It was it was cool being a kid then, man.
0: It sounds like an awesome childhood. Sure, man. I lived out in the country. I had, you know, I was able to do a lot of fishing, dirt biking, and shit like that, man. Kids, I I think about my my childhood and it sounds like your childhood and i think to myself man these kids today are getting screwed. <laughs> we had life man we just had to check in other than checking in checking in do yeah what we do. do what the hell yeah. you want as long as you came home with all your toes and fingers and you had checked yeah. in you were cool yeah <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah my mom used to whistle man she had this big old whistle man i could be I could be far away as hell, you know what I mean. I'd hear that whistle, or if I, you know, that, that was that was the time to come. But yeah, checking in, man, that was the one thing you got to check in. You got to check in, you know, before the cell phone, you know, before any of that stuff. You got to check in, you know. Really, really cool, man. I saw a payphone in Michigan, in Detroit. I took a picture of it. That was like the first payphone I had seen on the side of the road, like, you know, ten years, something like that. So. You know, you guys still got a payphone out there. I know that for sure.
0: Crazy. I can't <laughs> even
1: believe that.
0: But seeing how you, it was cited in Detroit,
1: <laughs> possible. <laughs> yeah. You Used to work the payphones, man. I mean, do you do you have all the payphone numbers memorized. You know, for all the all the stores and stuff. Did you ever you ever do that when you were a kid doing the hustle? No. Getting, no. 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 Man, we used to get calls on payphones. Man, we we would have all the payphone numbers memorized. You know what I mean? And we'd have the numbers, and we we'd give them out, and like we'd sit there, we'd make calls, we'd hang it up, and we wouldn't have money. We'd have somebody call us back on the payphone. We can answer the phone, and talk to them. You know what I mean? Without putting any any stuff in for a certain you know period of time. So man, we work we worked in payphones like you wouldn't believe. Like they were my best friends. When I saw that there, I was like, oh shit, I'm taking a picture of the payphone because it's got it's got huge sentimental value, man. That was. That was our way back then. My kids will never know it. You know, they don't even know what a, a payphone is. You know what I mean? They will never know. So maybe they will be one in the metaverse. Who knows? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. There's so <laughs> many things that uh, made us who we were, who we are, rather, uh, that uh, they'll never see. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yep. we were talking about that the other day, bikes without fucking pads and helmets. <laughs> you could ride in the back of a pickup truck when we were young you could actually just bolt a seat down and (laughs) as many people as you could pack in the back of a pickup truck no
1: doubt yep no doubt no doubt about it there's still places in arizona they still pile in the back like that you know that's just that's just the way we, we lived man yeah it's crazy was crazy. So
0: taking on growing that early, um, usually for me, in my experience from talking to people, you know, uh, they, they use cannabis for one reason or another. Prior cultivating, you know, they it may be a medicine for them. It, but once they tend to cultivate, it kind of changes direction for them a little bit. It gives it a little bit extra meaning. But, I mean, does that equate when you start that far back? I mean, when we're kids at 14, 15, we're so cocky. Right? We don't necessarily put two and two together sometimes no. until tell... now. Oh, there's some yeah. things I'm still putting
1: together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth that's the truth man I mean it yeah um it being like it's it was it was therapy for me to grow the stuff you know I always grew the carrots and I always grew the fruit fruit tree or I always grew the you know the friggin celery I was always planting the squash so I always like watching stuff growing anyway so it was always it was like, I was just supposed to do it. You know, it wasn't like I needed cannabis in the beginning. Like I was just a dumb kid, like taking advantage of everything, just like everybody else. It was, you know, it was, you know, just a few years ago when I finally really admitted that it had like, you know, value on a, on a medicinal standpoint, you know, I was like, wow, it actually really is fucking medicine. You know what I mean? Like I used to get mad at people when they called it medicine when I was a young punk, you know, in my early twenties. I'm like, oh, you're just getting high, you know, like get get real. But then like doing the research and figuring it out and actually having a few times in your life when you needed to use it or or you you passed that knowledge and, and you saw the saw the results, it was like, man, it's undeniable. Like, damn, it's it's fucking medicine. And just the other day I I had the worst stomach ache in the whole world. I was like dying. And I took a fat rip. I cough for a second, and like fifteen, you know, ten minutes later, fifteen minutes later, I was right as ran. I'm like, damn, that shit is medicine, dude. It's fucking the best. You know, nothing would have helped that. You know, no tongue in the world would have done that for me. You know, so uh, from from crazy ass cancers and nasty ass diseases to the silliest little stomach ache, it actually is a badass plant. And then figuring out all those other things you can do with it. You can make shit with it. And that's what I'm all about. I'm a, I'm a farm guy. You know, my, my spot here, I got the, when COVID hit, we basically closed the gate, you know, close the gates. You know what I mean? It's like, we, you know, we, we close the gates. We can, we can live off the land back here if we have to, you know what I mean? Fight off the zombie apocalypse. You know what I mean? No problem. Pick them off at the gate, man. No problem. Uh, plenty of trees, plenty of food, plenty of cool stuff sitting here. So like the fact that cannabis can like, build you build stuff and clothe you and then feed you with the seeds and stuff like that it's crazy i've been putting cannabis seeds and smoothies it's like it it is a fucking miracle ass plant so i definitely have the respect and i've always had the glory and like the meaning and like the umph but in the beginning it was like i saw those seeds and i'm like dude there was no way that i wasn't gonna plant them you know there was no way that those things weren't gonna at least try and they would have never came up I probably would have never done it again. I probably would have never tried again. You know what I mean? It would have just went on with my life. But the fact that they like all came up or most of them came up and I had this responsibility, like this new life that needed me, like if I didn't show up, I didn't water it, the thing would die. And that was important to me, you know? So if I didn't have that, then who knows where I would be if those ones didn't sprout, you know? So um, thankfully they did, man. Yeah. yeah Plants through the shit, not just cannabis, but plants of the shit. but it took me down that rainbow, you know.
0: It does take you down that road too, where it links you to growing and just other things in general. It takes a little bit. Usually when you dip your feet into organics, I think a little bit is when you start to spread your wings and realize yeah. you can start using your growing <laughs> skills for the
2: greater good.
1: <laughs> for sure. For sure, for sure, you know, I love, uh, I love growing weed and, and food as healthy as I can. And I love eating a piece of fruit and going, man, I didn't spray that thing with anything horrible, you know, and there's so many pieces of fruit, like all of them on the shelf. Are just sprayed with horrible shit. You know what I mean? Like from even even the organic ones. Dude, in A lot of places. You know, it's like I wouldn't even do half the stuff that they do to that stuff. You know, if I didn't have to. So it's so nice, man. It's so rewarding to be able to just you know go outside and eat something and not have to think about it. You know, it's, it's awesome, dude. Best way to be. Some of my favorite
0: time. Favorite times picking green beans straight out of the garden. that's one of my favorite (laughs) favorite garden foods right there just for their
1: right right off the plant yep yep when they're screaming I always tell my kids I'm like you take a bite of something it could be an apple or it could be a green bean or whatever and you take a bite I'm like wait, wait. you hear that it's screaming because it's alive still you know what I mean I always tell them that you hear that it's like that's the way it's like and you're eating it right now you're you know it's screaming it's 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 fully alive that's the way you need to be eating it, you know so we're always joking with my kids you know you got to eat it when it's screaming so that's the best way right off the plant.
0: never really thought about it like that but that's pretty funny and very <laughs> true. it's
1: still alive man you're eating something that's still alive like that man that's great it's this peak you're just taking that energy directly you're not letting any of that life force go it's going right to you man it's cool
0: so <laughs> what was the first real strain you remember or dealt with
1: uh two well there's three three strains that we well, there's four that we used to get all the time but the two that we used to get that i used to love the most were the 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 old P-91, San Diego P-91 and the the San Diego bull rider. And uh, both of which are like, like SoCal legends, you know what I mean? They didn't make it very far in other places and, and you know, take on that whole chem persona, but they should have. The old P-91 was so, so, so good. it just it just it programmed me right. You know, it was just this this dank ass stuff. And when when the house got 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 busted back in the day, the, the rated, it was a whole there was a whole, you know, a whole little situation. Um, they said that it was the most sophisticated uh, high tech growth facility they had ever seen up until that point um and was was what was cranking out that that p91 or something in that in the report or something along those lines you know and i was like god damn you know and it, you're like you know and you could tell we used to get wet batches of this stuff because they had they would just sell it wet so you know they make extra money it weighed more and you've got it out of your hands quick you know what i mean so they just be, always be a little wet so we get it we always have to open it up and you know we were we were we were real close so we got we got good wet batches and it was man some of the best stuff in the world man it's saved our life on many occasions by over stinking to the point where the cops are like asking us what's going on and I can just hand him an eighth of P ninety one and say sorry sir it, this was me and he'll just be like okay this is obviously what's smelling so bad I'm not even gonna check the rest of the truck you guys have a good day you know what I mean like we were, <laughs> we would just we'd get out of trouble because. You know, just it, it just it, it gets you in trouble, keep you out of trouble, and all the above. It was a great strain, man. Um, and then the bull rider was the same way. And and when we when you ripped that, it was like riding the bull. You literally were fucking riding the bull. It would it would tear you to pieces. But um, I'll never forget those two. Uh, Brandon Rust, he's got. Or, or he says he's got, I've never seen it or anything, but he says he's got some connections to the old, the old SD bull rider. And uh, you know, he, he, he remembers that fondly like I do um, in a lot of ways. So there's, there's a couple of cats in the community that, that had touched those things. Um, Matt, Matt Riot, he did that P91 project. Supposedly the, the last P91 clone uh, was, you know, was lost to him. Uh, and he did his the last S1 project with it, and uh, that's how those S1 P91 seeds got out there. But there's a couple of cats, you know, that that touch those two strains, um, that you know, are legit. So they um, they I'll never forget them, and I'm always on the hunt. So if anybody ever, you know, if anybody's tightened to that crew, and they and they want to reach out to me, man, let me know, man. That was that was my programming. That was my young young programming. And we used to get that Hog's Breath, the San Diego Hog's Breath, that one that Kevin Jodry ho- holds and talks so fondly of, that one's a, that was a killer back in the day. And the old Betsy, you know, 707 Seed Bank, um, he, he worked with that old, he worked with that old Betsy for a while, and uh, Obsolete worked with the old Betsy, uh, that's a, you know, CSI worked with the old Betsy, that's a, that's a killer old, old plant too, man, that we used to get all the time wet batches of, you know, so. P91 and Bull Rider, man. Long story to get to P91 and Bull Rider. Those are my two two lost lost Oracle strands. You know, those are my two firsts.
0: So when have you always concentrated more on outdoors? When did you first have to come indoors?
1: Have you? When was the first indoor? Well, what's it like? Yeah, yeah. So uh, for the longest time for the first, like, I don't know, five or six years, like 14 to 20 ish, you know, maybe 19, 14 and 19, somewhere in there. I just grew outside and we did canyons and we did, we did gorilla grows and we did backyard stuff and we just grew outside, you know, anytime that we could. And we just took advantage of the San Diego weather and we would try to just get things going as much as we could all year. And, push stuff in the winter it would be leafier and in certain parts of the season we would pull good you know better crops based on the climate but we just we've concentrated on outdoor for that first five or six years you know you know working on that and then I got a job um you know being like you know cutting clones filling water water bins you know you know water totes um spraying stuff like that at a, at a cat's Um, these guys ran a couple of houses in the neighborhood and they lit up a couple of houses in the neighborhood and they needed a couple of hands to live at the houses and check in on them and stuff like that. So I got like a part-time job watering plants and cutting clones and just working at a couple of those houses and just doing rotating shifts on them and just kind of helping things go along. And that's how I learned how to, uh, you know, grow under lights. And that's where I first saw when, when they opened up that first, that first, that first giant little room space that they knocked out the wall to hold it. I mean, beautiful, fucking beautiful. Uh, when they opened that up, it was just like the perfect um, sea of green screened out. You know, it was just rock wool, you know, drained to waste, just type situation, just, just rocking this, this whole situation there. And then I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. And then I I started learning from, from the guys about the light spectrums and, the hours and that's when i really figured out okay so the hours of the day that that makes a difference that's how you that's how we control that and uh learned how to you know cut clones better and stuff like that from those guys and then they started using some really fucking toxic gas shit they were all about the money they were they were like spraying spraying like you know a couple days before you know uh, harvest like for for botrytis and shit like just putting paclobutrizoals and all kinds of stuff in there and i remember they brought this stuff and they're like we want to put this stuff in there because we'll get double the weight and you know and i'm like well i did some research on my ain't that's that shit's horrible you don't want to be using that stuff you know what i mean and 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 they're like no this is this is what we're doing you you don't have a job anymore so every time i had a work shift and i was supposed to add the the juice that i didn't want to add i wouldn't add it because nobody (laughs) nobody was there to tell me otherwise so I just give them all the regular food and I would take care of the plants because I I cared for the plants and I was always trying to to tell them I'm like well let me have let me have a couple of tables and I'll run those my way organically and you run yours your way and we'll see who's actually will come out with the weight you know what I mean on both sides and I started like kind of overstepping my bounds a little bit and then (laughs) you know and then finally the like Washington I think It was it was Washington or Colorado, I forget which one was first, but whoever was first to like fully legalize and like say, hey, we're legalizing weed, everybody come come, you know, basically everybody packed up their shit and moved there. You know, I think it was Washington was where they moved to, and they packed up everything and moved there. And we finished off the last tables that were in the house, me and the other two workers, before we had to pack it down and break it down. We finished it off all, all organic, and that's what proved to me that I could fucking do this shit the way that I wanted to do it no problem and that's where I was like okay we're you know that job had ended I started you know started doing that you know in a couple other places and a couple other ways and you know kind of making my own my own way that way and then I ended up giving it up for a little while and meeting my wife and having a kid and moving out and getting a little place and kind of cutting myself off from everybody and that's when I that's when I broke out my my seed collection that I pulled Pam and stuff out of and um, I pulled Pam out and I didn't want to lose her. So I had to go inside and stay inside. So ever since then, that's been years now, it's been eight, nine, maybe 10 years, something like that. Now, eight years, something like that. Not, you know, not at least eight, maybe nine um, years. And uh, yeah. So plants go out in the summer old clones. I have a lot of heirloom cuts, cool stuff. that's fucking badass and stuff goes out into the, into the orchards outside and gets planted into the ground, revitalized through the whole growing season outdoors right before late July, you know, right before everybody starts to make the shift. I take, take clones of those fresh, totally regenerated, you know, plants and they go back inside for the winter and they stay through the winter and work on breeding and you know, stay alive and just make it through the winter until they can come out next season, and touch the sun. And I just, that's just what I, that's just what I've been doing for, for, you know, for years. And I don't keep very much, but I keep the special ones that, you know, a couple things Kev has given me a couple, a couple things I found and I love, And you know, that's, that's about it. I work lots of seeds and try to try to spread that out to as many people as I can. So I can see as many different, different, places of my seed grown in person you know so every place we do I do fruit trees so we go out we check a lot and take a look at people's fruit trees these nice little that they're you know they're well-off folks uh, you know in upscale neighborhoods who grow their own food and they also want to grow some medicine so we grow their six and they get my, my seeds we get a look at different varieties and see what they do and if we ever find anything super special I can take cuts off of those you know bring those in for hunting wise so i can look at you know hundreds of plants at different places every year um, that i don't have to worry about or touch or do anything with you know so it's it's a good way i can do some sorting and playing but in the beginning man it was just to keep it was to keep pam alive and you know before that it was because of the hustle and i just wanted to learn as much as i can anything i do i I learn like crazy i just i get all crazy and (laughs) I dive in head first, man. If I'm interested in something. I want, I'll be a friggin' expert on it, you know, as, as fast as I can be, you know. So I try to find find as much knowledge on things as I can. So I try to – I just – that's what I did, man. So best thing I can do is take those things outside every year. If I don't, they're pissed at me. You know, they'll be like, man, I didn't get to go out this year. There's a couple of years I've missed where they didn't get to go out or, or their timing didn't work. But, you know, if you can get them out there and get them perfectly, like, do the shift – man, they're happy and beautiful all the time. They love it. I agree.
0: Most people uh, put them outside to like, well, I'm an indoor grower, you know, and I haven't necessarily, I've lived in a few different spots, and putting plants outside always hasn't been a thing. You know what I mean? It hasn't even been an option. So, (laughs) there's the few times I've actually put things outside, it's almost every time, to be honest with you, it's either to try to bring something back real quick, set it outside for a few weeks until it gets all nice and
2: green, yep.
0: and healthy, and sun just is, is amazing. a beautiful doctor. yes. But, or, or a revenge. I'll put things out early spring, chop her back, because And again, because things changing and trying to abide by or use the laws for my benefit, I guess. There's times where you've been to Michigan, you know how it works. We're limited to the plants we have and then we have our rec. Well, there's times to where in the spring I almost bank on that extra 12 because I know I'm not necessarily going to flower outdoors. I mean, if they if they get that far, yay, yeah, all right. But uh, in the spring, I'll count on, like, planting some new stuff, you know, right around that time. And then I'll take out some carcasses to let them yep. be my rock plants outdoors <laughs> and <laughs> and revenge and kind of, you know, hold the string <laughs> for me out there. And then I'll bring some cuts back in. You know, when kind of Yeah, there you thing. go. And then, then if whatever happens after that point, well, it happens. If I get anything out of it, I get anything out of it. If not, it's not, it's not the, it's not the point. You know what I'm saying? It's totally. just kind of a, a, buffer, if you will. That,
1: yeah, <laughs> well, that, yeah. Well, yeah. emergency situation there. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. I like, uh, I like, I like getting my plants. Sometimes, you know, I'm lucky. We, you know, we live in socal but it, i like getting some plants in flower growing them inside getting them to like week week four or something like that you know in flower and then just put them outside put them outside to finish them off you know what i mean that 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 transfer like from inside that you get that indoor start where it's got like that that crisp look and then you can just just throw them outside for a little bit and then all of a sudden you get the color starts really going and that sun is the excellent doctor so then you get all this extra little you know expressions i would think you know what i mean and and i do that all the time and that saves me space inside too cuz you can just take a couple you're like oh cool i'll take this one out you can go outside now i got i got i got new space now so but the sun sun finishes them off man it's great you know taking advantage of that i, I do that all the time man just let the sun finish it off let the weather make it a make it a pretty flower and then uh, you know it kind of gets the best of both worlds in a weird way
2: when
0: i want to ask this question mainly because he's a regular but because he's in chat too i think he actually might have said this but
2: i'm gonna ask anyway
0: before we get too far he said red pill would like to know can you ask mr trees if he remembers the p91 cross called pitbull p91
1: times two no i never got that one no as soon as it started getting the crosses i i was so close to the original source to the p91 that i didn't get anything but the p91 until it was just gone one day um and it was yeah it was it was like an abrupt it was gone one day, you know. They they came and stopped that finally, you know. But it was a few years where where it ran good and became a legendary thing, and then it was just gone. And I never saw it again. I never I never heard about it. I never saw it, and I just assumed that that it was long gone. And then I started hearing little whispers of it popping up here, and people saying they have this, that, and the other. And I never I never saw it again, and I never saw any legitimate crosses of it either. Um, But I'd love to because I'll, I'll never forget it, man. I mean, I, like I said, I was close and we, we grew some of some seeds that was gifted to um, my best friend's sister. She was our older sister and she was close to them. And I don't know, I think maybe she was dating one of them or something, I don't really know. It was too little, but I know that she had seed of the P91 and she could get seed and she always had the best stuff and she always took care of us. So, Um, I remember growing that shit. I know it really well, how it grows, how it looks, how it smells. I remember hundreds hundreds of batches of that. It's one of my favorites, but never saw it again. Never saw it again. So
0: uh, I wish I could grow outdoors. I do. So much goodness to be had out there.
1: Free, mainly yeah. free, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. free, <laughs> free, yeah, free. yeah especially here, man, we get, we, you know, they shut off your power, we have to have, you know, you got to stop stuff, it's, everything's extra expensive, you know what I mean, if you can't, if you can't use the sun where I'm at, man, it's, man, it, it costs, it costs a pretty penny, man, to go all year the right way, you know, and you can get away with stuff, but do it in the right way. is not, not going to be cheap, you know? So yeah, outside. I've been building lots of hoops and covers and different structures and over the years, figuring out how I can, how I can overwinter those 40 degree nights and 38 degree nights that I have, which aren't really bad. You get one night of that. And then the next day it's 70 again anyway. So if you can just get through some of those cold nights, you know, you're golden on some of that, so, you know, a good covered greenhouse, and then I've been building compost piles, like, inside of it, and that heats up, that, that residual heat, kind of, you can get them small enough, and get a compost pile in there, to get, get a little bit of warmth in there, a couple of, I've tried with some burlap bags, so it's above the ground, I've done it in the ground, I've been doing it different placements, and different greenhouses, trying to figure out where to go, but I noticed right around that compost area, and then, You know, if you can get it really going hot, if you can get it extra going, you warm that place up really nice. And they are just happy in a sauna and it's 38 degrees outside and they don't care. You know what I mean? It's actually pretty cool. So throw a couple of, you know, shade cloths and other stuff on the top to try to just tarps, to try to keep things as insulated as possible during the nighttime hours. You know what I mean? And that just, that helps a lot, man. It doesn't cost a thing and you're making compost, you know? So I'm always trying to do weird stuff like that, you know, where cutting costs, man, because, man, I hate paying for power and shit. That's, that's, that sucks.
0: That's, a, that's an awesome idea. I've never even thought about it to, like, bring it indoors kind of as a heat into, like, a greenhouse. At one point, I kind of, when I'm dipping my feet, I'm still dipping my feet. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. Organics is a deep deep hole, deep deep hole, lots of twists and turns and wormholes along the way. But I once I realized that, you know, how hot that compost piles got, I posed the question to uh, Smiley, I believe it was, you know, how come we're not using this kind of uh, technology for like water heating for our houses? I mean, you could run pipes through that shit, pipe in
2: hot water.
0: I mean, it just, it seems the thing to do. I mean, why waste the heat? You know what I mean? You can actually control your piles down by, you know, warm, cold water. You can cool it down if you had to.
1: Heck yeah, man. You can keep, I can keep, I can keep a pile, you know, at 130 something degrees, you know, for three or four days. You know, I can keep it right there, 130 degrees, three or four days. You know what I mean? So depending on the pile. Right. And that little, that little generator does a lot, man, in a, in a, in a hoop. You know what I mean? If you can, if you can get it going right, you know, and I'm still, like I said, I've been, I've been trying to figure this shit out for the last few years. on like, how to do it like the best way. You know what I mean? Because there is super benefit to that. I've never thought about running water through there. That's a good idea. I do dig trenches, like underneath the greenhouses or underneath the beds or whatever the, the hoops or whatever structure I have. And I dig a little, a little trench and I get those, they're like those drain pipes, you know, those big plastic black, just drain pipes. You know what I mean? You buy at home depot. It's just a big pipe or, or a tube or whatever, flexible tube. And I just lay that in there and bend up the ends and then bury it and just leave one end one end open at this, on one side, one end open at the other end, and then I can pour hot water down into those little pipes, and that goes down underneath my greenhouse, and then I can cap, cap them both off with a friggin, you know, a shirt or whatever, a piece of cardboard or whatever, just jam a towel in there, and that caps it off, and I trap all that boiling hot water in those little plastic pipes down underneath of the, underneath of the greenhouse, and that does some soil warming, you know what I mean, and it warms up my stuff so I can keep I can go through a really frost prone night, you know what I mean? Dump some dump some boiling water in there like at ten thirty at night and, and you know, call it good and hopefully, you know, it holds through. And it damn dude, damn if it doesn't, it, it really does help a lot. It seems to work a lot, but that's one of those warm techniques I've been working on. But can't do that if you got snow on the ground and shit. That's gonna be that's a whole nother ball game. I can't believe You know, if I had snow or ice or sleet or something like that, I mean I'd be I'd be definitely less hesitant. I'd be more hesitant. I wouldn't even try, you know. But we can get away with it. You wouldn't believe you talk about how
0: different locations can be. Email keeps popping off. Uh, how a little bit of ge- geographic distance can make you. So. Probably most of the half of the state you've been down to, like winters, winter. I guess I used to live down there in like Tennessee County for most of my life, and it snows. It might be around for a few days, a little warm up and get you know get rid of most of it. Doesn't seem to commute, accumulate over the winter's time. Now, I moved. 150 miles north, and what a difference! Okay, that's just that's just what made me keyed to the switch. I you know I never really realized it up here. Now, it, I, I'm thankful, thankful there's no snow on the ground. This is like the first year there hasn't been snow on the ground right now. Usually it snows before Halloween, and then it's like May easy. Snow sometimes the end of may before i see green and it's just so too much and then it goes like this once you're up here where the snow stays that you can go five miles south and they might get a few inches less than i do like when it snows you can go 10 miles north and like say if i get six inches of snow they're getting like twelve or 16 and if you go up like thirty miles more than that, you know what I mean? Whole another snow belt. I mean, that's how different the, the weather patterns are up here during the winter. And oh yeah, I could be so tick- sick of snow. I'm sick of snow already,
1: and I haven't even seen it ground covered but for two hours so far. That's dude. I I think I was like, I think I was like twenty eight or twenty six or something when I first saw snow. I never even saw snow until I was like 26. And then I drove somewhere and there was some like frozen ice on the ground. that kind of was white. It wasn't, it's not real snow. It's just like, it's like desert snow, you know? Uh, and I was like, oh my God, look at there's snow, you know? And I had no idea. And then, you know, I finally went to upstate New York and yeah, there's some snow up there, you know? So Buffalo, and they, they get snow. So, um, yeah, I saw it for the first time man. and I can't imagine living like up in it like every day and you know just doing it like I was like there's no like there was nobody had fruit trees in their yards and like it was like there was no it was like it was just snow everywhere you know what I mean it was like either had a big ass tree somewhere or you just had snow it was like nothing so man I yeah you gotta grow inside I'm glad you do that's how you keep your sanity man that's good stuff dude you could just you could be in outside inside and that's cool you know I like that Man, if it wouldn't, if it wouldn't for this garden,
0: I really believe I would absolutely know what sir crazy is.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, God, I just can't imagine. I bitch so much when it's like forty-eight degrees. I'm like bitching about how cold it is, and you know, it's like wow. You know, I get, you know, but it costs. You know, every, everywhere you go, you're getting, you know. You're, you're paying for something in some other way you know what i mean it's like you're gonna you're gonna give something up you're gonna get something you're gonna give something up you're gonna get something you know but t- i was talking to josh josh rutherford today and just like that climate thing you're talking about it was a hundred it was 101 degrees here today where i was it was 101 degrees where i was today which was crazy some crazy ass heat wave right just just ripped through with 100 degrees today and i was talking to him and he says it's just he's been in a, a a downpour for days, and there is so much water. He can't drive anywhere. He can't walk outside and move his tractors properly. It's just like this. Just it's just water, you know, everywhere. And it's like, man, I haven't even seen water. We got signs on the road that say "severe drought. Conserve water." You know what I mean? Like when you're driving down the freeway, those we got these big signs that say that, and it's just like hundred degrees. You know, it's like wow. Just the difference is just yeah, just a little bit of distance, man. It's crazy. sure sure man if i'm like
0: you in a sense like winner one thing winner has taught me because I, I i'm not necessarily i i chose to go away from the city all right I, I was born in like a small town and that was cool and then i moved to like city for a while and then after a while well at first when i and since I had kids, when I found out you know, I was having a kid, I'm like, "Yeah, fuck the city, let's go, <laughs> Going yeah. go, to, to the sticks, man." <laughs> and you know that slowed life down. I got to like that, but it wasn't until winters up here to where I was like, "Yeah, I can do long periods of time and learn to take care of myself." And you know what I mean. So when yeah. COVID hit, man, I was used to these long winters. I'm like, fine. I'm looking around. I'm like close the door i got smoke i got freezers full
1: you know, that's this shit yeah man gotta live you know gotta live out a little bit you know i hate i hate that that you know it's good to visit but i like living out where they're where i got a place to park and your neighbor's not looking down you know into your bathroom you know stuff like that you know, i like that man so i like having a little bit of a little bit of space. I can plant a tree outside if I want to. You know, I like that. That's good.
0: Just was thinking, man. Everybody talks about like how even you were like, man, it's kind of like a family event and shit. I kind of now I'm that I think about it, and talk about the winners and shit. Maybe it's just like we're all just like that, stir crazy for winter and shit. Hey, how you doing? Just so happy to be around people. And we're smoking pot.
1: Oh my god, I love you. <laughs> That's totally got, it. you know, that's got something to do with it, I'm sure shit. You get stuck in your house i mean probably don't leave for a while. You don't get snowed in, you know, you get a shovel to move. Just people say fuck it probably, you know. So, yeah. And everybody, that's what I mean. Everybody makes makes it out. That's that's what I was blown away by it's like everybody was seem to be there, you know. Everybody everybody was there. Everybody is always happy to see you. Everybody's, you know, everybody's their clan close and it's just yeah, you're that you're on to something there bro that's for sure that's that's real <laughs> that's real you what,
0: you've given me a couple of good days man the day i got to meet you there <laughs> Miles, was uh, quite a day i was, uh, greatly appreciated that time meeting you hanging out for a few minutes catching that photo op which i always yep. try to do i always try to get pictures man i guess i i try i Maybe it's just me, but I think it's cheesy or whatever. But, man, there were moments that are easily lost, man. I try to capture that shit. But uh, definitely good times, man. And uh, the night you wore, wore the shirt on the EO show there, I got oh, yeah? flooded flooded with dms
2: <laughs> this tree's
0: wearing your shirt on the young shirt i like, I go flipped it out i'm like hell yeah that is fucking completely awesome completely completely made my day that day so yeah. thank you for that man that, no, that man. definitely okay. gave me
1: that's... a big cheese <laughs> no, no i like that no it's cool man you gotta you know gotta gotta support our people you know what i mean so the best friends are the 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 kinds that the, what's that saying what what is that saying that the best people are the people that have mentioned your name in a room full of opportunities or something like that you know what I mean so you know you gotta gotta support each other you know what I mean that's, that's what it's about you know I, I'm not
0: even exaggerating I say my DMs got flooded <laughs> flooded
2: <laughs> Did you see that? you see
1: that's rad that's rad I like that. <laughs> no that's a good shirt man i like that no i like that shirt that's a good shirt i wear it all the time you know what i mean so that's my that's my garden shirt i I wear it all the time in the garden so i like that
0: i'm
1: gonna have to get you one of the one of my mr tree shirts you know get you hooked up with one of those put my face on on your chest, there, you know, most people <laughs> might be weird about that, but hey, you know,
0: we'll put it on there. Oh, oh, man,
1: I'm all about
0: supporting all my friends, man. In fact, I got this is a, a Michigan guy right here, uh, the Dabs for Dads.
1: There you uh, go, I,
0: that's sick, that's I sick, support each other, man. That's what you know, that's. What the show's about is kind of, you know, supporting each other, you know, spotting each other, you know, letting other, letting people know about other great folks in the cannabis community. So <laughs> it all got started. That and I got, I love cannabis. I love to talk cannabis, but it got to the point where I was like going to so many events and uh, I would see the same folks over and over and over, you know. And, I, and again I love talk canvas and I you know whatever but I got to the point where I was like so what else did you do you know what I mean <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: what else you know what else do we got besides canvas is going on here and that's kind of what kind of fell in here man I just uh, I'm like man I just want to get to know the person behind You know what we see and shit. What got them to where they are now? You know, never heard that story. It was always what's in my garden and you know what we're smoking on. But it was never you know how the fuck you got there to where you are.
1: Now we need we need more of that. You know, like that's I love flipping through and seeing some of the shows and seeing everybody kind of finally kind of you know put it together. We need to we need to tell the stories. You know, there's so much stuff that we couldn't talk about or deal with or you know living alone and you know not telling anybody nothing you know what i mean anytime you got together with another person you could talk about weed with or growing with man it was like they were your best friend in the world you know so uniting uniting the army man that's you keep doing that man that's good stuff man i like that a lot that's it's definitely needed you know we need it well with
0: that being said let's get into the story of uh breeding your, your chapter of breeding. Uh, what made you necessarily, uh, you know, preservation? Was it, uh, what was it made you want
1: to take a serious road down the breeding
0: aspect of our uh,
1: So um, it was really like I had done, you know, I'd made seeds before so that I could grow plants, so that I could trade plants, you know, I'd never really thought about, these were different plants or breeding or the new offspring that they created or anything. So like when I was young, I made a bunch of seeds, but when, when I, when I found the Pam and I needed to keep that plant and I was like, I'm going to try to keep this plant. I'm going to make this my plant. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is the one I'm not gonna let this one go. Uh, I seen too many good ones come and go. I'm going to be in control of this one. So I was like, I'm, I'm keeping this one. I grew that for, for several years not known anything about it other than I liked it and everybody I gave it to, they always wanted, you know, they liked it too, you know? So I kept it around and I grew it. And then I eventually like, uh, heard Kevin Jodry talking about phylos and gene mapping. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, like that's interesting as fuck. You know, I've always wondered like, you know, what the hell is it? You know, where did it come from? I never, you couldn't, I never bought a pack of seeds. I didn't even really realize you could buy a pack of seeds, you know, um, until, you know, around that time um and uh I heard him talking about it. I'm like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that so I looked into it and I ended up you know paying the money and taking a taking a dead branch of her and sending it off for gene mapping and I figured what this will do is it'll tell me hopefully you know what the hell she is who she's related to and then I can better make you know Breeding decisions, you know, I could I could do better. I would know where to go. I wouldn't I wouldn't breed the same things or the wrong things or whatever. I just wanted the more information I had, the better. So I started really looking into, you know, I was I was reading, you know, you know Mendel stuff, and I was reading all kinds of different books and listening to different things here or there, and just learning all about things. And I I work in fruit trees, and I I bred all kinds of different things using pollen from from citrus from mangoes from all kinds of stuff. So it's all, it's all the same shit, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start working, start working this line. I want to figure out what it is. And I want to, you know, I want to start moving forward because nobody's going to want to, nobody's going to be like, well, what is it? You know, like, what is it? And I'm not going to know what the hell it is. So I need to figure it out. Right. So I sent it off, paid the money, got results back, not related to the, to the current gene pool, which didn't tell me shit It basically broke down. Like, you know, kind of a few different properties. It's rareness on a chemical standpoint, which was, you know, pretty, you know, it wasn't completely unique, but it was not general um, on, the, on the scale. And then um, I was like, okay, so at all the samples that they tested, it's not really closely related to any of those. And you could look at, you know, other plants that are in the pool and they have all closely related relatives and it was like okay so this must be special or i need to know more data so at that point i'm like i gotta really preserve this thing so that like supercharged my my like my my breeding um with it and i started popping all my old stuff and all the things that i had and started mixing and matching things and playing and dabbling and you know not cooking seeds like properly or not growing them long enough and figuring out the trials and tribulations of, of shucking them properly, the different techniques, learning different things. And I did that for a few years, like probably, I don't know, four years, three years, something like that, fiddling around trying to make stuff um, was trying to source seeds anywhere I could overseas and all over the place, man, trying to figure stuff out. And then uh, finally I kind of, started meeting people from the community you know and and people started knowing my instagram a little bit more and then i started meeting people at different events and sharing stuff around and i always i always carried seeds with me like in my bag or my backpack i still do it to this day they're in my you know in my truck or on i usually have seeds with me all the time you know some in some way or shape or form and if you're kind or nice at the gas station, like you're the gas station dude, you're working there, and I'm like, yo, 20 on one or whatever, and I roll in there, and you're like, yo, bro, hey, man, you have a good day, man, or you got good energy about you, I always always walk out to the truck, and I'll walk back in and ask you, hey, you got a garden, and they don't ever know what I'm asking them, and I'm like, here, here's some seeds, and they're always like, oh, my God, that's awesome, and I always give people seeds, so I did that for a long time over those three or four years. And people started growing. them, And all of a sudden I started getting messages from people I'm like, dude, I love these, these plants these seeds and all this and that. And, you know, how do, how do I get more? What's the deal? And I'm like, well, there's, there's something to this, you know what I mean? So then I really, I really started doing it and trying to figure out okay, I'm going to take this to this direction. I'm going to split these lines up. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to make what I'm looking for. I tried to make the old bull rider. I wanted to find those chemotypes. I wanted to find the, the, the plants of my youth that I would keep uh, and, and change the world, you know? And the other day my buddy came over and he was looking at these green eggs and ham that I've been working on. And he's like, damn, these are awesome. Look at these. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking at it. It's good. I really like that one. And, and he picked the one that I would have picked that other group. And he's like, he's, he's like, he's like, can let me get a cut of this? I'm like, I don't have any cuts of any of these. And he's like, well, why not? And I said, is that one, is it going to change the world? You know what I mean? Is it going to literally change the world? Because if it's not, then I'm not, I'm going to continue on and do this. You know, we need to work. You know what I mean? He's like, dude, you're crazy, dog. You know? So it's like, we've, I really want to, I really want to make the shit that, that you want to fucking smoke, that you want to keep around. And every time somebody grows something, and they get something from somewhere and they, you know, reach out and like, show me a picture. or They grow it. And they're like, dude, I am, I'm am re this. And they, you know, they get the re and a couple months later I'll get another, another message. And they're like, dude, I love this. And I just continue kind of growing that strain that just makes it home in their heart, you know, and all over the world. Now there's people, I mean, all over the world, you know, there's people that, that, that are growing it, that, that are loving it and they're just like keeping it. And that's the, when they, when you keep it, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the goal. You know what I mean? You know, anybody can grow stuff and yeah, that's good. You know, whatever, you know, but if you keep it or you try to keep it or you're pissed that you lost it, you, you know, then I, then, then I did the job. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what it's all about. You know? So um, I've been doing that for a long time, just making seeds and sharing seeds. I try to give them to everybody I can, you know, if anybody supports me and does that stuff, they always get extra stuff. You know, I'm always like here and I always got new funny things and cool stuff. And I like, I like chasing weird cannabinoid ratios of weird, weird plants. Like one of my favorite plants in the world that I'm going to breed one day uh, is going to be like a, a 3%, 3%, 3%, like 3%, 3%, 3%, 3%, 3%, 3%, but all the different cannabinoids that I could get, right? You know, as many of the, as many of the basket elements that i can get on board i want three percent across the board i want a balanced three percent across the board with you know 15 different cannabinoids. you know um it's one of the, one of my projects that i like to do so i, I grow a lot of weird things like that and i i'm doing some some mutant stuff with the with the australian bastard and making some bastard pam and i got some bastard 91 and you know you gotta you gotta take those to certain generations because you can plant F1s of mutant seeds. If you cross a mutant with a regular plant a chem, that first generation isn't gonna show mutants because it's recessive. So you can plant as many of those seeds as you want, you're not gonna find any of those leaf shapes in there. So you got to breed all those together and then you to you actually got to do some work to uncover the right leaf shapes, you know? So I'm, a, I'm an F3 now and that's 100% leaf shape that I want. You don't get any weird ones in there anymore for the most part, which is nice. They're all mutants now it's on selection so which ones are the which ones are the winners now that they're all mutants and then you start working with those ones so that's a cool thing I've been working on for a while and got some some weird Kandahar uh, red dead body stuff from from you know Irizen from Indian Land Race Exchange you know Um, cool ass dude he helped me a lot with some Pam and some identification and you know, gave me his thoughts on some stuff and where his travels were and morphological characteristics, and we did some talking on that. And you know, I'm really looking forward to these friggin' dead body terps, man. I, it's these are some nasty garbage can, armpit, skunk funk you've you've ever seen, and even in veg, like just awesome. You're like these are gonna be good, you know. So, um, doing an open populations, so we get the, the line opened up, and then. We'll go down the road, you know, start doing some some funkadelic stuff. Put some dead body tangerine. Dead body tangerine, dead body blueberry.
0: (laughs) Can't help but laugh at the dead body. I mean I mean, think about it. We all have all the turbs we've been, you know. At one point, we, we had to like almost kill off the skunk because it was too loud. Other strains yeah. were too loud. Got a little happy yeah. when we got some fruits in here. Who's gonna yeah. knock at the door and bitch about fucking oranges or cherries? You know, nobody's gonna go. Well, is that cannabis? No, I just got a bunch of you know, fruit, just got a bunch of fruit in. You know what I mean? <laughs> This way, knocks on the door and it sounds Smells like you've got a stack of dead bodies in the garage. Well, serial <laughs> killer might be yes. your next new nickname. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I'm looking for that stuff. Like, you can have something really loud. Like, you can name any cut you want. You can name GMO. You can name friggin'. Any OGS, any any loud cut that you want, you name whatever, the hype strain, whatever. If you're walking through a concert somewhere, like back in the day when 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 we were young, right? When you went to the concert and that dude opened up the bag, right? Or just showed up at the concert, like every motherfucker in the building knew that you were there. You know what I mean? Like it was just rancid skunk funk herb that dank stuff that we had to kill off just with just you were automatically everybody would look at you like these days you could walk into a concert with any modern day cut any hype thing any any good thing which i love i'm not not talking trash about any of that stuff i love all that stuff i love all weed but you could walk in with any cut these days open up your bag and you know maybe three or four people in the immediate vicinity will say hey that smells good, you know what I mean? Maybe, if you did a good job, you know what I mean? Most of the time everybody's gonna walk by, but I'm looking for that shit that clears out the building that people are like, dude, who brought this shit? Call the cops. This motherfucker, like this, like, yeah, I want that stuff, you know? So that's why I sought that one out because I miss those old, those old ones, you know? That you couldn't grow in the neighborhood without everybody knowing, you know? And, and just, yeah, that's how I met my wife, dude. She's like, she's like, do you smell a skunk? around here i'm like yeah that's my pocket you know it's like yeah so (laughs) you know i I miss those i miss those ones you know so i think everybody
0: does i think everybody (laughs) does so i think you're on the right path there (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Amadeus in chat, let's respect to you, good sir, has a two-part question for you, if you would. He said, what are some of your uh, long day flowering cultivars? And he also would like to know if you have any quick flowering
1: in terpy. So um like the the orchard lady stuff, anything orchard lady, uh Martha's Orchard, that's a really good one that that people's, you know. They sleep on that one just because it doesn't have a Tutti d fruity name. But Martha's Orchard's a killer one. Um, those ones are a faster flower flower set. The orchard lady is a lot faster. They're usually by the end of September. Um, you know, last week of September, somewhere in there, you could you could pull down some of the orchard lady phenos really easy, maybe the last week of September. If you're in the first week of October, you know, you you know, you're moving on to other things. That orchard lady is quick. But the Martha, Martha's Orchard, that one has got that Orchard Lady in it. That's got some CBD uh, characteristics. That's that's a two-part Pam, with uh, a couple of added ingredients there. You know, it's a it's a citrus farmer resin stud, sorted resin stud, out of a good population. And then on the other side is a two-to-one CBD um, THC male, tested out Afghan skunk Afghan uh, haze hybrid. Um, from 3d cbd but yeah so it's got some cbd in there but that one's a cool that one's a cool one that one's those are the short ones uh the longer you go any of the og ones the the new fem drops that that, that went out that are out right now or we'll be remaking them but the the pam um heirloom sfe uh, kev's heirloom sfe mandelbrot's original breeding stock plant bred to the pam those ones are a little you know those are typical you know first week, second week, of October, uh, finishing out. Um, most of the, most of the regular Pam stuff is going to be like the first week, of October, you know, second week, October. I don't have, I have some, uh, hell some, some, an old hell's angel cut. My buddy birthright birthright. Seaco, uh, check him out, man. If anybody, you know, doesn't know who birthright is, he's a cool dude. Um, he's got some killer sour stuff that he's been holding on It's an old hell's angel, uh, you know, OG type cut that he's held on to for a long time. Uh, I love it. Every time I smoke it, I'm like, man, I like that stuff. And I've grown it like two or three times. And uh, every time I'm like, why the hell didn't I clone that one? That's a good one. You know, it's always good. He always surprises me. You know, it's like, God damn, that's good. You know, so um, I'm going to grow some more of that. But he does a lot of good inbred work. He's a good breeder. He actually works his lines, lots of BX, uh, BC ones, you know, back crosses, and lots of, you know, filial generation stuff. He does good stuff. He's a cool, dude. Um, but yeah, he has this, this, this hell's angel sour OG cut. And uh, that goes a little long and everything that I breed that to, it takes on that longer flower characteristic. So you're looking like the last, last two weeks of October, you know, for, for those ones, um, as opposed to, you know, earlier, the first, first couple of weeks or last week, September. So anything with the sour OG Kush, hell's angel sour og kush in there it's going to be a little long anything with the regular ogs and other stuff that i do is going to be a little long but most stuff because i'm here in socal um, most stuff for me finishes out by the first week of october it's like october 1st you should have most everything ready to go or, or close to it um, climate's a big deal though so it really depends on where you're growing and how you're growing it but most things are going to be first week October. I don't fiddle with any autoflower stuff at this point. Um, I have before, but I don't, you know, I don't, it's not my interest at the moment. Um, so nothing really fast, but yeah, you're looking at orchard lady stuff. Anything orchard lady, you're good to go. Anything with that, and that, that lineage. And that's good shit too, man. Um, bubble gum. Armpits and citrus tones, you know, but not like orange, more like you know grapefruits or like sour citrus, like like a sour citrus tone, um, lime, lemon, orange. I mean grapefruit stuff, like the kumquat stuff, like that. Um, but yeah, there's some cool stuff in in the Martha's Orchard, the Orchard Lady, and uh, but most of the Pam stuff, all first week. Second week of October. That's when you're going to look at
0: them. So thank you very much for answering this question. So fems, any fems? Will you ever do fems? I heard that.
1: Yeah. Eh. Yeah. 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 I do it all, bro. Um, I love femmes. That's like real world breeding stuff that I love. I love guy diving into that stuff and, and doing it, man. Uh, I can look at populations really cool. That way I've been making a lot of them. I, I just did my first release of those FEMS was that, that PAM heirloom SFV. I reversed that SFV um, ancient cut and pollinated a bunch of things. Uh, the first one to get released was the one that pollinated the PAM. Those are friggin' fire, and if anybody got those, that's I brought those to Michigan. That's when I released those. Was that 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 Michigan thing there? We got those to my buddy at there, you know, hadn't waited for me in Michigan. Um, but yeah, those were great. Those are cool. Um, now I've right now I'm working on the pure Kush, which uh, it's Kevin. It's the sug or the sooge uh, pure Kush cut, which is like that Bubba pure Kush killer killer plant Earth for days, true, like, you know, indica type plant. Um, real nasty, real awesome, love it. Uh, we just reversed that and pollinated a bunch of things with that to do some FEM work with that. So we're gonna look at those, that'll be really cool. That got, that got, that hit the Royal Kush, uh, Kev's Royal Kush, that hit some, that hit some Pam, that hit some OG, that hit some ice cream cake. I hit some, it hit some stuff, man. So that's, that'd be cool. Um, and uh, right after that, I'm going to finish up the dog walker fam stuff. So there's a lot of STEM work coming out, you know, pretty, you know, over the next period of time, I got some dog walker stuff. I got to grow. We got to see it. We got to look at it. And then we'll be able to to send that out. But man, those Pam OGs, like I said, those are cool there. You got some searing good stuff in there. So. I was pleased with that one. I was pleased with that one a lot.
0: So I'm curious to know uh, a person that has as much farm experience as you do, growing stuff and a fruit tree grower as well. How do you take your clothes? What is your cloning process?
1: Uh, Old school, man. Um, I use a dome and cubes not rock wool but i use like the either a so i do two things a if i have a bag of like some root riot cubes on hand i'll use those first because they're clean clean and easy and they fit in my tray so you know some some root riot cubes uh most of the time say half the time i'll use clone and gel the other half of the time i won't uh, I try not to use it or very little, if I can get away with just not using anything, uh, just provide a good environment for them. And man, they pop roots and my Pam stuff will root with nothing like this. Like I don't need to do nothing. I can break branches off of that, and stick it in the ground next to the plant that I broke it off to. The thing will root flip, flower, just the same. Uh, it's friggin' amazing. Um, so, you know, I'll use cheap, you know, rooting hormone, you know, I'll use some clone X. If I got it, I'm real farm guy, man. If I got it on hand, I'll use it. If I don't, I'm not going to run out and buy it. So if I don't have any rock or if I don't have any uh, like uh, root rack cubes, then I'll just get, I'll just get some cups or some four inch pots and I'll fill them with soil and I'll put them right in soil. And then I'll put that in a dome and I'll throw the dome on the racks. Uh, My, my trick, I mean, my clones are beautiful, uh, I don't want to like like sound crazy, but they're beautiful, and I think that once I figured out that they needed way less light than most of us give give clones. Uh, I put them I put them on a rack, and they're like underneath stuff, and there's even stuff like on top of the rack that like obscures the light, and they're just they're barely just they're they're just enough to just stay alive and root, because you don't really want them to grow, because when they're sitting under lights and you cut clones and they're really healthy. And you put them under perfect lights and everything's great. They want to grow a little bit. So they cannibalize themselves. You know, they get, they get really cannibalistic and they start going, going wrong. And if you don't have roots within 12 days, you know, and you have to push them to 14 days or 15 days, then your clones are looking a little crispy. You know what I mean? I don't care. You know, I don't really care what you're, you know, who you are, what you're doing. That's usually how it goes down, you know? So when I, when I lessened my light and the impact and really pushed them off to the side or really just, you know kept the the duration this you know the right the right amount but just really lessened the the intensity man they come out really beautiful and usually they you know nine nine out of ten times they're all gonna throw some roots you know you you know you get one one out of every group that might not throw throw a grip of roots but it is what it is you know so um yeah just old-fashioned i i used to i bounced back and forth with water cloners and old-fashioned rock wool was how i learned you know was the rock wool but i hate ph and stuff and soaking stuff and all the extra work that i have to do to like you know do my rock wool which i don't know some people might say it's not work or what, but i don't like it um but yeah pull out those 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 little cubes those things are quick and easy and away they go and if i don't have them, i don't use them and i'll throw it i'll throw it together but i'll use i'll use rooting powder i'll use rooting gel but i don't use anything funny like aloe or like any of those homeopathic recipes, like you, I, every time that I used aloe and all those other different things, you know, throughout the batches and different things, there was just too much funkadelic stuff that would happen, you know, in some of those some of those clones. So I just I just stay with the traditional fruit tree thing. You know, I usually have some rooting powder, some root tone, or some dip and grow, you know, or um, stuff like that you use for fruit trees, and I'll just and go that way um but yeah i'm real lazy about it as long as i got a clean dome i just make sure it's really clean you know it's clean i'm not using old dirty stuff clean stuff and then i'm good yeah. you know but always clean shears bleach bleach on the shears or the scissors and each mother plant has its own pair of scissors and the scissors are labeled so like you know sfe SFV. SFV. Pam one Pam one, you know, et cetera. Um, and that pair of scissors stays with that mother plant so that there's no chance for me fucking up and giving any type of cross-contamination and then bleach, uh, where a little bit of bleach and water, just straight bleach for a second. You know, I usually am lazy and I'll just dip my stuff in bleach for a second and away you go. That's the only thing that'll really get the hot and and who knows what else. Um, Alcohol is cool. It does a lot, but it's not going to be a foolproof method, you know. So um, I use a little bit of bleach and then let it sit and kind of dry it off a little bit. Sometimes I'll wash it off with a clean bit of water just to be sure it's not really bleachy. But yeah, man. And then making sure that each plant has its own scissor really keeps keeps me, you know, keeps me sane at least to know that I'm trying to do my part
0: well uh one of the reasons i asked well i wanted to know your method. Ah, but uh you know uh, we've got a lot of people that's come through this path of uh, the show here new growers very skilled growers large-scale growers you name it and when i started doing this and everybody was taking notes and i, I kind of suggested that every the newer growers that every the newer growers. Uh, not to necessarily fall into one boat. Necessarily, you know, don't, don't subscribe to one YouTube channel and just try to mock one guy's moves or whatever. Watch all the shit you can. Uh, not only shit that around here, but look in other places. You know, growing's growing basically. It doesn't have yep. to necessarily come from this. And one of the great, one of the guys that uh, was an early supporter ended up doing his time on the show. He was a new grower uh, less than a year. He's going on probably a year and a half now. He's come a long way. When I asked him to come on the show, he was like, Man, I got a couple of plants. I need nobody. I'm like, you love growing plant, right? He's like, Yeah. I'm like, good come tell me your story you know what i mean yeah. you're, you're part of the team you, you know you grow yeah. that's all, that's all you need that's the minimum right there man. come on and he's yeah. come a long way and as he's like ventured through his cannabis learning education uh he took a little bit of uh knowledge from your kind of uh your area there and he I, that's why i asked if you kind of used maybe used it or heard about it as well but he actually took sand cloning from the fruit tree world yeah basically he's used it and had amazing amazing results almost like a 100 for 100 in the yep. sand tech just cutting them and putting them in some clean yep. sand yep
1: and i was wondering if it yep. was part of that's why I was, you
2: being a fruit yeah, we, tree guy i was wondering yeah if we, it do, was part we do
1: of yeah, we used to do citrus like that all the time and uh, figs. We do that all the time as figs uh, when, when we used to work at the nursery. I used to work in the nursery, and dealt with all the fruit trees and all that stuff. And we do propagation on the figs and on, on different citrus stuff when we could. We can't do citrus anymore because it's because of different pests and stuff. That's a whole other story. But we did with, with different cane, cane berries and fruit trees of all kinds we would root those suckers right in sand and the and sand was cheap and plentiful uh, we used to get the horticultural sand because it was nice and clean and washed and good good quality um some of that play sand stuff just like regular old sand you get can be pretty nasty and dirty and have some funky funky contaminants in there but a good horticultural sand man that'll root all kinds of stuff i love that the only reason i don't use sand for for cannabis is because I don't have it on hand, and I could go buy big bags of, you know, sand that I really don't like. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want it go, growing in in that in that play sand or that that arsenic sand or whatever. It's got there's got all kinds of funky stuff in there. But there's this little bit better grain horticultural sand that little bit costs a little bit more money that I used to use all the time for free at the nursery, and that kind of spoiled me into the sand game, and I've never I've never looked back. And that's the first time I've heard somebody bring up the sand thing um in the cannabis space which is pretty cool because we used to just set up beds of it and i used to just cut fig after fig and just bloop, 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 right there sit them in the dip and grow for a second and they'd all sit in this little cup of dip and grow and then we would just just stuff them in this little sand bed and there were little heat mats underneath of that that little bed and anything we put in there rooted like an sob then we pop those things up and sell them for you know top dollar. You know, so that's how I learned how to make fruit trees and, like, started doing my own business stuff, you know. with the I'm like, holy shit, I could do this myself, you know, in a whole different way. So that, yeah, that was a cool time that taught me a lot. But Santec, bro, people should look into that. That's for sure. That was uh,
0: Johnny Canesee. I don't know if I threw his name out, but that was Johnny Canesee who I was talking
2: about
0: there. Nice. And, you know, he, that actually, you know, just from this little thing here you know some folks that were having problems with their, that that area of their growing kind of took on yeah. that as well yeah, i've watched yeah. it you know i've watched it firsthand you know because he's on the show quite a bit and when he first started doing it we were getting like nightly updates seven days nice thick roots yeah. in the sand. Yeah. it was pretty impressive it was a lot gross, air. obviously air,
1: yeah. noteworthy totally 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 yeah that's like uh yeah that's old school stuff that's just that's just fruit drink you know using what you got you know that's the perfect kind of medium for the air and stuff and that's what you really kind of need more the more moisture and air balance that sand offers that that perfect thing you do the same thing with perlite you know straight perlite uh or a perlite radiculite big mixture you know what i mean if, if people have a hard time getting sand or they want to kind of take that tech, you can do it just the same way with that we should do it the same way um so you know take that for what it's worth and then if you do water cloners i always tell people if you're gonna water clone then you probably should look into like growing with some sort of an aqua you know idea in mind like you know a. Uh, uh, you know, a DWC or, or, or whatever, uh, you know, or straight aquaponics, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're growing water roots when you're making those clones and you put those into soil, then they got that, that acclimation and change and stunt period of time where they're just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, they got to get used to being in that soil from going in the water. But if you go from water to like, <laughs> you know, a hybrid soil water or water to water or water to root rock wool. Or something like that you got a lot less of that you know kind of that change um which helps with that shock you know but i like to i like to clone and whatever i'm going to grow in later on so use dirt use dirt or soil you know if you're going to grow in soil or use little plugs you're going to biodegrade into soil as much as you can you know and that's way i you know wherever you're going to take them that's where they should kind of start them sand is great because you can take them right to right to that
0: Mr. Amadeus has another question for you. He's wanting to know what are your best cultivars for indoor scrog or S-O-G slash and what are your favorite daytime, nighttime social settings? Good questions. Thank you, by the way.
1: So like Pam is going to be your, your sativa type high or your uplifting your social, your non-couch lock type effect, your your go-getter kind of very positive time-loss type weed, you know, where you're just happy and up. Um, So the majority of like the pure PAMs, the F2s, F3s, the um, you've got back cross stuff, you've got anything that's got two parts or three parts PAM and other crosses, all those are going to be more on that sativa, upper echelon high type thing, like um, more of an upbeat daytime smoke or edible or whatnot. Um, But they also scrog really well because they're lanky and really got long legs and put on killer little golf balls or little pine cones all over the place. Um, I like the, I prefer plants that have like pine cones or golf ball stack formation on there, or whatever, if you want to look at it, as opposed to big old, you know, colas, if I can avoid it. Um, some colors are nice as long as there's a little bit of separation in there and you know i can get away with that but i really would prefer uh plants that have that golf ball stack or that pine cone stack you know uh, i think it's easier to weave them in there and take advantage of stuff you can kind of get more little funky little sites in there and then you, you don't have any bud rot and stuff points where things can kind of have you have you in trouble you know um so A lot of those PAM things are just like that. So they're killer to just kind of bend and weave and train and do whatever you kind of need to do. Booty shorts, camel toes is a good one. There's uh, the, you know, any of the pure PAM stuff. Those are all going to grow that way. Um, The OG stuff, anything like those new FEMs, they grow, they grow, they're straight up looking, they're OG plants. They really have that OG kind of, Pam and the OG are really tall and funky and lanky anyway so they, they both kind of took that so that it basically grows like an OG. You can scrog an OG very well. You can do a lot of different things with it but it, you know those ones are more I need some support. You know I need to be scrogged and I would prefer some sort of support as opposed to you know most of those other ones. The Orchard Lady, the Pure Pans, they stand on their own very well. The branches don't break under heavy loads. You don't have to scrog them or stake them uh nearly as much or you know n- at all and in some cases i don't i don't even cage or stake most of these and some get nine ten feet you know and they don't have a cage or nothing on there and their branches hold um so those ones got tough branches but all that og stuff the dog walker stuff any of that dog walker side of things um any of the uh, like the, the Pakistani or the, the land race stuff, the, the Sheshamani stuff, all that stuff's going to be perfect for scrogging needs the support, lost the strength in the, in the branches, but anything dog walker, um, the OG, the pandemic stuff, anything with the pandemic in there, uh, all that stuff is a heavy duty. Um, it's good nighttime, You know, rip and smoke. Uh, I I think almost all the pandemic crosses have like pulled keepers out of there at some part of the globe. You know, everybody's like, oh my God, I got this pandemic crossed with this. I'm keeping it. And they've kept it for several runs. Those are, there's some fire plants that'll just put you on your ass. Uh, But if you want uplifting smoke, look for a PAM dominance, something PAM dominant in the cross. And if you want the heavy duty stuff, look for that dog walker. Um, look for look for that that OG stuff. Then you're gonna get you're gonna get more of the heavy duty stuff coming through. Um, but yeah, scrog scrog everything you want because you, they're all scroggable. But if you don't want to scrog some of that some of that Pam stuff or the booty shorts or something, you, know, you don't really have to. You, you prune them up properly, they'll stand on their own. They're tough. I love some of the names. I love some of the <laughs> names.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I got stuck. I got stuck. It's like, I'm not like a weird pervert or anything. I mean, we all like some some Tang, but like, because we named the Pam, the Pam originally. My wife named Pam, Pam, after Pam Anderson, by the way, I didn't even name her that originally. Like my wife was like, she's like, she's beautiful like one of the most beautiful things in the garden and the seed stock came from like that late 90s period of time early 2000s when Pam was running on the beach in Baywatch and was the queen of the 90s you know so she's like we're calling her Pam Anderson you know I'm like hey I'm down with that that sounds great so because she's named Pam like I try to keep that influence like that that like that sex appeal type influence in a lot of those crosses so if it has if it has the pam in there like you're gonna have you're gonna have things like booty shorts and you're gonna have things like uh dog beach because you know the beach for Baywatch. you got something tied back to the pam and and her relationship to you know what's going on to here so all of those you know all the sexy ones you know it's just it's all based on that on that on that line And then I've been working on, you know, I have a space line where it's like different telescopes and space type features, you know, Hubble and a bunch of other things that I like naming stuff after and more thought provoking things that I do. And then I've got, you know, all the stuff that people might want to buy, you know what I mean? Like the, I always try to find that, you know, the caramel apple super twist or whatever, you know what I mean? You want to find a couple of those too. So you have some of that in there. So. You know, the people that are just name shopping, and that's, that's where they go, you know, but it, it means a lot in a name. And I, you can have the most fire stuff in the world, but you name it the wrong thing. You name it Camel Toes or you name it Booty Shorts, and the world will never know its name. I mean, it just, you, you can't get on the stage and say, the winner of this competition is Camel Toes. You know, it's just, you just, it, it's hard. It's hard on the ears. But if you actually know what you know, you know what I mean? And you do, and you go through it, you know, like, man you'd be renaming that and going on the stage I guarantee it you know what I mean because it's it's worth it's worth its weight but it's just fun that's the fun stuff so I'm trying to have some fun stuff some stuff for 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 everybody you know what I mean but I'm a super nerd so I want I want to like name it things that is just weird you know that nobody really cares about you know so it, I'm weird I gotta tell you I,
0: I would leave it <laughs> as it is seriously. <laughs> I mean if you if you if if you're entering a competition you want them to remember your damn name anyway so you might as well might drop it with some fucking booty shorts or some fucking camel toe and like every believe everybody going, huh yeah that's right that's right remember it and smoke it you'll remember both the name yep. and the can yep. okay. yeah why, yeah Keep it going. No, you know. I completely agree about the um, the butt shape too, the golf ball, you know, the pine cone, or the pine trees there.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh it's just easier to trim, it looks better in the end. Like you said, I've heard lots of guys like, oh, I grew this massive bud. I'm gonna just keep it like this. I'm gonna drive. Why? It's you're gonna be lucky if you get smoked <laughs> that thing in the end. And if, you, if nobody, <laughs> you know what I mean. If you're lucky, that thing got you know, mold or whatever. You're yep. Good. You're, uh, and if you're gonna try to sell, you know, pass that on to a patient, nobody's gonna want that lumber right through the middle of that thing. Anywho. So You got to chop it down anyway. If you got any kind of decency, you chop it down, and then you've got all those like misshapen
2: kind of buds because they've yeah. all
0: tried to grow together. Yeah, why not have the you know the pretty golf balls? Yep, like. oh. yeah, I
1: love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, nugs will travel, you know, those nugs, those little golf balls, too. Man, you put those in a bag or in a jar and they're tough little durable little SOBs, you know what I mean? They'll they'll last a little time on the shelf. They'll they'll move around in a bag, they'll they'll hang out, you know, but yeah, I hate nothing I hate more than hanging up a bunch of big buds and having just just rot in the middle of like freaking cola, you know what I mean? During the stuff. It's just the worst thing. And then all the smashed buds cuz they grow all together. It's like you're saying like you get all the the smashed hairs and the smashed freaking uh brax and all that crap that's just in there just mashed together it just looks horrible you know it's like yeah i'd much rather have a yeah those golf balls maybe for sure
0: for sure so uh any tips too? you want to throw out any other general tips to anybody out there that's wanting to uh grow some of your strings i that's the you know This is the golden age for cannabis. Like you mentioned earlier, those of us who started, you know, 20 fucking years ago, there wasn't a lot. It was all trial and error, and you just felt your way along. You fast forward to, you know, 10 years ago, you had the internet starting to come out, people starting to show their faces. A lot of us were still. <laughs> Bandanas, face. Uh-huh. A lot of my early pictures were fucking in the Jason mask. Definitely sunglasses uh-huh. that pulled <laughs> down. You know, this is a whole different age. We got people talking about it, spreading the knowledge. Uh cool you know, round was right around that time when you could like really start purchasing seeds. And still, I'm still red flagged. From buying seeds in that era right there, from ordering overseas, my mail still – anything that goes through the Chicago hub comes through with a red check to this day. Yeah. Well, we haven't forgot you. We haven't forgot you. We looked through. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. one of the things about that period was – was and it's even better than today – like, he was up there showing his strains, kind of telling you how you could fucking grow that shit, I thought was real cool. But now we're in a day and age to where knowledge flows free, freely, you have access to quality breeders like yourself. So is there anything that you'd like to, you know, throw out there, you know, a little bit of advice for some folks that are growing your strains? Uh, how, how do you grow? Uh, you know what I mean? You want to throw some
2: of that out if you?
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean, the two things I, I always, I always tell people um, if you're just growing my stuff from the start, what keeps me out of trouble is root space, making sure I got enough root space and flipping uh, with plenty of root space, because when, when a lot of my stuff goes into flower, they still throw some roots down, man. They, you know, they will use up some of that, that area in that pot and will damn well appreciate the space and the nutrition so i always tell people you know don't grow them in one gallon little pots if you can avoid it and try not to flower anything in in tiny stuff like that if you can get away with it your your results are going to be greatly improved with a little bit of a bottom uh, more roots more fruits that's definitely true especially with my stuff um so you know bigger is better with a with a pot size and flipping them early with some room like transplanting them into kind of their forever home, maybe giving them a you know a day or two or three, and then in they go, you know what I mean? So um, those two things will keep you right out of trouble and they'll be, they will reward you substantially. Um, but yeah, you try to grow them in little pots and stuff like that, you know, you're gonna, they're just not gonna do, they're not gonna do what they, they like to do and giving them a little bit of cold too. A lot of that Pam really, I mean, not you get color always. Color is always there. Color is a part of it, but the the actual like the way that the nug forms up, the way that the resin kind of changes with a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra, a little cold, you know, some cold nights. That really will, that really will take into to some killer smoke. So I try not to keep it if I'm going inside. I try not to keep it always the same temperature in the room in a perfect environment you know i really would like to have some cooler nights um if possible so yeah a little cooler night more root room and flip them earlier and you're you know you're in good shape you're in good shape that keeps me out of trouble every time so
0: I know that colder aspect does have a, a definite key to quality. I know I'm not just speaking to myself here, but us Michigan growers love, 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 love the, Mich- the the winter season. I would yeah. much rather try to heat than to try to cool. And it is, yeah. I, I, definitely agree. Much, much better product during the winter months. Here. Yeah. Probably for the reason you're stating. I never even thought about the colder nights. But I just know in general, my garden is always, always better. Here. I, yeah, guess, my- now, I guess with that saying, I should shut the fuck up about fucking these long winters up here, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally you can pile on a couple months you know hell yeah keep it coming that's great i love it i love it no that's like up here too like in, in norcal and right right now actually like that first crop the regular the traditional full-term crop you know the ones everybody's pulling down and you know first week of october second week of october or whatever that's always a good crop if you did a succession planning, you know what I mean? And you've got stuff coming into flower in the November period of time around here or up North and stuff like that. That's always my favorite smoke. That one is the one that for whatever reason, those are my jars. You know what I mean? Like for those, those are those colder nights that go through a little bit more of that, that, you know, in the outdoor spectrum. And for whatever reason, that second crop, that staggered crop is always, that's my jar crop, you know. For I love that. I love that. They're completely different. You can look at the pan one way, you can look at it in that, in that different, just that different time frame, that month difference. And I mean, it's crazy how different, you know, the formations are. It's really cool.
0: So uh what do you? How do you dry? What's your necessarily method of harvesting there? You uh, do bit on the larger scales. It sounds like so, probably
1: a, a cut and hang and uh, trim dry. Yeah, I I uh, I I pretty much stop trimming. Um, <laughs> I, I you know I I, I usually I, I cut it. I cut everything down to like equal size pieces so that they're easily kind of stacked and organized and hung properly and i got a little i got a little hang shed that's uh it's a it's a it's a metal shed basically so it gets really cold and it stays pretty cold in there and where it is it's just the, the walls of it really do a good job um, so I'm lucky in SoCal to where, you know, if I put something in the shade and it's got metal walls, uh, I can pretty much keep that thing at, you know, 65 degrees all the time, no matter what, or colder if it goes, there are only a couple days out of the year where it might get really hot. Well, I got to turn that back on. Uh, but yeah, it's, I can, I can, I can get away with that. So I don't need to have a lot of the, the D or the the acs and stuff unless we're doing big big rooms and stuff and then you got to have ac so you know once you have ac and you got dehumidifiers and stuff you gotta you know you you got a whole nother game and you just you can just dial it in at 60 and 60 and 55 and 55 60 and 60 you know you can be you can be cute and get you know 58s and get these cute numbers in there or whatever but If you're doing it outside, old fashioned way, like in the shed, you got to keep my shed is cool. I get those colder nights. It might warm up a teeny bit. Those light um, swings in temperature, I think, help with with a little bit of a dry and a little bit of a, you know, a changing of the flower. And once they're hung in there, try to hang them as long as possible until they're actually dry, dry to where that stem is snapping. And they're almost like too dry to where I'm like, oh. You know they're they're to that point, and then once they're there, I'll trim, I'll trim them up. You should be able to finger. Let me turn this back on here so that we can get the light action rolling. But I try to. Uh, where are we? There we light. There we go. I like to hang them until they're super, super dry. And then to the point where I can finger trim them. I can hold up a bud and I can rub my, my finger down the bud, and those leaves just flake off of there like, like candy. And then at that point, I'll, I'll take some time and I'll trim up the, the stuff that I'm going to keep and get it all rolling, make it all pretty and nice as much effort as I want to spend trimming because you know they get big plants you can you trim all night with no help um so I I trim up as many things as I can get gone and then you jar them up and once once they're hung properly to the dry level and I jar them up I don't do any burping or any of the nonsense because they've been hung up long enough I'm not putting wet weed at all in the jar like there's not a lot of that going on like the drying and the curing is the process like when it's drying it is curing and it's it's that is the process and then once it goes in the jar you know you leave in a jar for a week or so if you want or you leave in there for a month or two or whatever but I don't ever go back and do a lot of reburping or messing with it Um, and as soon as I started actually drying my weed to where it was dry to that to that plethora not like Colorado dry where it's gonna shatter completely horribly in your hands and be nothing. But like that, there's that fine line to where it was really dry. When you think it was dry and you're like, Yeah, should I trim it? Wait one more day. You know what I mean? And when I started doing that, um man, the nose starts blowing the tops off of them. Like the the you get no more hay. The hay happens when you put moisture in there and you're burping it and you're changing it and you're you're constantly fiddling with it and stuff you get hay you get funny things like that but when you do it like that i've never had hay again you know what i mean i've never had that it's always a top blower it blows the freaking top of it. Like, holy shit this is this is fire you know what i mean um so yeah it's it i used to chop it too early and i used to put it in jars and i used to burp it and i used to do that and i actually. I won the grow off competition in SoCal with the dog walker that I dried and cured in a hotel room in my truck back and forth. I had, a, I had a disaster at my at my house and we all had to evacuate the house and go live in a hotel room for a couple of weeks. while they fixed the house, you know, and that was right at the time when I was doing supposed to do the harvest for the competition and I had to cut the plant down and open it up in my truck when nobody was around close it up when nobody was at the hotel room i would open up the stuff and it would smell up the entire hotel room and people would be looking out their doors and like trying to figure out what's going on my mom would come she's like you gotta close this up the entire hotel room at the lobby stinks i'm like i I gotta dry it you know and i had way too much moisture in there um when i entered it you know more than i would have liked and I still, I still got, you know, third place in terpenes and, you know, top five in the potency and was, was, you know, got an award and kicked ass. it was like, I did that in my truck in a hotel room, you know what I mean? And, and with no like control variables. So when you get it kind of, you know, it's kind of like an art thing, but if I can just hang it and leave it, that's that one day thing. Whenever I'm like, okay, I'm going to trim today. I always just wait one more day. And then, that that has been a that's been a big help for me you know and then I usually just bin it up in a big bin and I stop and I stop trimming and then whenever I need something I'll trim it on site like I'm like oh shit I need it out so I'm gonna take a handful of weed to my dad or whatever I'll just I'll throw it in the trim bin I'll just trim it up really quick and rough and make it you know perfect but sitting in that bin with those extra leaves on there untrimmed protects those plants you know, it protects those flowers a little bit and keeps them really sharp. So then when I finger them, they're like beautiful nugs and they last a long time. little preserve type factor, you know, but it's climate, it's climate specific. You know, you can't do that everywhere, you know, so you get lucky, you know, certain places. So
0: I'm sure you probably make yourself a little bit of hash, no? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'm, so, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a flower and a, I'm a joint and a pipe smoker first, but yeah, we make hash. We do, we make, you know, I make some, some dabs and, you know, rosin and dry sifts and, you know, bubble hash if, if I can get it to press it all the way. If I can do all the steps, like, and not be lazy, like, like wash it, press it. And then, like, go there. Like, just those two big steps are hard enough for me. You know what I mean? I usually will wash it, and then it never gets any farther than that. And sometimes I'll press a little it bit. Should. I'll just use the hat. It should. Yeah. It should. <laughs> there you go. It shouldn't
0: make it past that. God damn it. It should make it to yeah. the pressing stage. Bubble is just yeah. fine by itself. So, so fine. you, dude. It breaks my heart. Really
1: <laughs> Just a step. Yeah. And then it's like I feel like I'm wasting so much more too. It's like, man, I already I already just took my harvest and fucking just just cut its fucking nuts off, you know what I mean? And now I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna cut its nuts off. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, man, nah. <laughs> I can't do it, you know. So but I you know, you know. You do what you do. So I can't I ask this
0: of all the breeders that I have on the show is uh do you notice, uh, do you separate your, uh, like, sentinia from your seeded bud during, like, say, the extract phase? Because I've kind of wondered, and I've kind of come up with this theory that seeded bud, even though it is seeded, kind of takes a different path, and it, it's stonier in a way so do you think that that you know your your seeded uh waste if you will uh puts out a more stonier hash than say your pan sensimelia than your pan seeded you know what i mean
1: you know, yeah it yeah a
0: little bit stronger
1: you know um like with the with the seeded bud so, yes, I agree with you on the seeded bud thing. Like it, you have this different pathway a different kind of these different principles to it. And it has these other hormones or it creates these other types of, you know, turpenoids or whatever. It does something where it's, you know, it's got to finish its life cycle. So it has it has a little something to it. You know what I mean? You know, I think you're I think that's definitely some truth to that for sure. Um, but when I have seeded stuff. Ninety-nine percent of the time, after the seeds are out of it, it's just it's such dust that it just goes in the garden. It just goes in the compost pile, or it just gets thrown on the floor, the the floor of the, the orchard. You know what I mean? Just to become a part of the orchard again, uh, because uh, cannabis is a bioaccumulator plant. So all of the stuff, all my stalks, all my leaves, all my shake, all my trim, all my moldy buds, all the stuff that came from the garden that pulled. Stuff out of my soil goes back to the garden. Either A, it'll go in the worm bin, B, it goes in a compost pile, or C, it just goes directly onto the ground as mulch. So 90, you know, most of the time, 99% of the time, it, it's mulch or worm food, you know, no nope, hands down. And what I'm washing is, is after I've made my jars of, I've spent my time and my hands hurt and I'm tired of trimming. I'll be like, all right, that bin your hash <laughs> and then that one gets washed you know what i mean and it, it doesn't matter what it is if, it, if it's seeded or shaky or i mean if it's got some couple seeds in it or whatever I, i'll just treat it all the same but if yeah most most of my stuff that i do, do wash is gonna be bud that doesn't have seed in it just because after i get the seeds out like it, I've destroyed it so much. It's already, it's so dry. And I mean, I know that I know that Rasta Jeff's talked about that too. And other times, it was like when, when he's done with his, his seated stuff, it's just like, it's just trash. It, it's there's nothing to it. And, you know, I never heard anybody else other than me say that. Cause it is, it's just, there's nothing I can do with it at that point. And I've mutilated it so much that most of the hashes on my hands or on the tool or on that other stuff, it's turned black. And sometimes you can fiddle with that, but, yeah. Most of the seeded stuff goes back out to the orchard and then whatever seeds slip by, those are volunteers, man. And they pop up all the time. And I, I'm like, ah, you can stay, you can go, you can, you know, it's like, you constantly got like a, like a, a local land race, you know, population that's always showing up, you know? So it's pretty funny.
0: You can look at that in two ways, either that uh, you pulverized the blood, and, you know, recognition yeah. or you can say it's a testament to your breeding skills and you had nothing but us love. there's no no <laughs> saveable bud yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah i like that i like that i like that that's good i like that Yeah, your bud should be full you know they should be they should be full you know i hate fine i hate having a bud that you grew for the whole time trying to finish it off and you open it up and there's two seeds in there and it's supposed to be full and that happens with stems a lot of the time you know where they just uh, pollen just wasn't as good or just didn't get enough of it or, or something you know just you just didn't get as many seeds you know for whatever reason there's just less of it you know and i hate that it's just it's so yeah that agitates me they should be full you know many seeds <laughs> Snatch that bud, just have them pour out of there, and that bud is just just barely holding itself together. You know, that's that's how it should be.
0: Seeds, I can't believe
1: how how many seeds you can produce out of one plant. Yeah, some are insane. Some are justins. Like, dude, I grew a bunch of a bunch of like uh, taizane uh This it's a it's a reunion island land race, right? and I grew a bunch of stuff like that, and I did a bunch of crosses. No other plant have I ever grown that's given me more seeds than that thing. You could barely touch it with, with pollen, and the seeds would be just exploding out of it. Before it was ripe, it would be spitting seeds out. It would. It, you couldn't touch it without seeds jumping out of it all the time. I mean, it, I mean, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen, and in the end, you would have just thousands and thousands and th- out of like a, a out of a two foot three foot plant you know that you just beat the shit out of and cutting, and you would have thousands and thousands of these super tiny seeds because they were super tiny too that was another characteristic they were like half the size of res- regular seeds you know and fully beautiful and tiger striped and, and perfect you know but they were just half the size but you got five times as many um, and anything that you bred with that plant, it, it increased the seeds. And I always told my buddy, I'm like, man, I should keep this thing around to breed it for seed production because it, it has this extra thing where if you grew fields of this, like that's a yield of seed, like hemp seed, right? Like you got, you got all these seeds. You just never could do anything with out of this thing. Uh, they were easy to harvest and the whole deal, but I never, I never enjoyed the smoke. So I I never kept that plant, but yeah, I never seen a plant put on as many seeds as it could, but just a regular plant can put on a load of seeds. But yeah, seeds are cool. Myrtle, myrtle, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Trying to show. So you seed. want to throw out some suggestions for some expiring breeders or some people that just want to preserve some stuff for themselves? <laughs> as far as like timing and length they should go. And I've heard you mention all these things in the beginning and the whole important thing in seed storage, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So, um, so uh, make sure that if you're making seeds, like if you're trying to do stuff, like what I also learned is try to use more than one male uh, from a line if you can don't just go specific stud hunting and try to pick that one, that one stud. I mean, you can, there's nothing wrong with it, it's got us to where we are today, you know what I mean? But if you're trying to like preserve a line or keep all the possibilities open and, and, and you know present to where we can dig those up later, it's best to have several males, as many as you can, uh, and as many females as you can of those same things to preserve the genetic diversity integrity of that actual line. Uh, when you take just one plant and you take one plant and you breed them together, it's like, it's like the ultimate bottleneck. You know what I mean? You, you're, you know, you've got, you've got so little there in the end, as you go down, that it's cool. It works and nothing wrong with it. Like I said, it's cool. I do that all the time and, and I, I, I hunt for special males, but if you're trying to do it like as from like that, kind of thought process or if you're trying to preserve something for long term or some sort of a cool thing that you need the more the better you're definitely going to be better off and then actually choosing elite stuff like that's the hardest thing for people to do is is actually look at the seed. you're look at look at a good amount of seeds like you can, you can find cool stuff in a 10 pack. You should be able to find a winner for yourself in every 10 pack. You know, I, I believe you should be able to find something you're like, hey, I'd smoke that again. You know, in most, in most things you should, I would hope. Um, but, you know, when you really breeding with stuff like that one you think is good usually isn't as good as it could be, you know? So having more of that to look at. So if you only have a 10 pack of seeds, You buy it from, you buy your favorite pack of seeds from whoever you buy it from. You got 10 of them or 12 of them or whatever. Take that pack of seeds and breed them all together. Every plant that you get out of that pack of seeds, breed them all together. And then all of those seeds that you get will be the amount of stuff that you will last you a long, long, long time. And then you'll be able to pop, you know, five at a time, six at a time, you know, whatever your limit is or whatever, whatever you're allowed to grow, whatever your space does or your laws allow, you can pop six at a time. And, you know, you pull one out, out of that group. Like, that one's really good. Maybe you clone that one. And then you pop you pop five more of those later on. You work through and then you collect as many of the best ones that you can out of that group and then breed those together. You know what I mean? You're taking all that stuff and that takes time and that takes effort. and Nobody really wants to do all that stuff, but if you really want to do it, that's what you do. You really, you want, you got to find the best stuff. And if that one that you kept before isn't as good as the one you found today, then, you know, it, unless you're trying to do a preservation and you're trying to bottleneck something down or lock something down, then you can go that way. Um, you don't be afraid of femme seeds because femme seeds are the, you know, they're they're just another tool in the toolbox that needs to be deployed and it's that's how real breeding and stuff for all of our vegetables and stuff a lot of that stuff is done that way and and it's good ways to to really make the plant that you want to make if you have a clone only the only way you're really going to be able to to make that plant in seed form is to breed it with itself because you breed it to anything else you contaminate it And now you have this whole nother set of genes that you can't weed out ever. It's now contaminated. So the only way to truly chase that thing down, you know what I mean? Is to bring it to itself and then bring it to itself and then bring it to itself, you know, and and really make it itself so that you only have that genetic profile to work with. So selfing is really important, but you got to, like, again, it goes with picking the right plants you gotta pick the right plants. You can't pick any plant. You gotta make sure they don't have hermit, her hermaphroditic tendencies and weird things or do all kinds of strange stuff. You know, you gotta, you gotta pick the right plants, but don't be afraid of fems and use more plants in pollinations. um, And it will, it'll do better, I think, in a lot of ways.
0: Are people limiting themselves by using uh, FEMs for breeding projects? Would you like to see people start, if they're going to, with a breeding project, they might see them start from a right seed, or do you think they're limiting themselves
1: by right off the bat by starting with a FEM? Well, if you've ever you ever bred with a cam or an OG, you're breeding with a FEM right off the bat, you know, for the most part, because... I mean, weren't, you know, when they were hermaph- hermaphroditic or the sour, you breed with a sour, you breed with a chem, you breed with whatever, something Something was a hermaphroditic tendency, we had a rogue flower drop, a cookie, you know, you breed with a cookie, anything, everything has cookies in it. So you're we're all breeding with fems, you know what I mean, in and, and one way or another, because it was it was originally a fem, because a fem from hermaphrodite flower is the same pollen that you get from the reverse flower, it's the same exact genetic profile, so... Uh, all that, all that's different is you're bringing that hermaphroditic trait with that fem seed because it it's prone to do that, you know what I mean? And you're taking that genetic profile with it, you know. But if you've ever bred with a chem, you ever bred with a cookie, you ever bred with an OG, you ever bred with any of that stuff, it all started with a fem anyway. It was already a fem, and then somebody got it and they bred it with something else and and whatnot. And you know, yeah, you can breed. You can start something off of a fem. And it's not bad because like I said before, if you breed to something else, you've now contaminated the profile. The, the genes are now two genes. You have foreign material entering the plant that you want or the, the stuff that you want. Now you're trying to find a partner to breed it with um, or cross it with, unless you're trying to do that, where you're trying to find the best features of this plant and this plant. But if you're trying to, you know, like, preserve a plant or hold on to a plant or make this plant make an OG in a seed form you know yeah FEMS are cool there's you can start there and there's nothing wrong um it's just when we started in you know back in the day in closets with no help and no you know no education and just a bunch of stoners trying to figure it out and being pioneers of the game couldn't really talk to anybody about any of it you know so all we could do is just you know go from what we saw and sometimes you know when those things happen we just assume that they're bad but they're not bad when they're done you know with the proper techniques you know and actually to create something it's almost even better to do it that way you know with with just stem stock you know so it just depends on your project or what you're trying to do and how you know how you're going to go about doing it and there's a different tool that you can deploy. And sometimes you need to deploy femt, you know, stuff. Sometimes you got to do an open population. Sometimes you want to do a bottleneck breeding. Sometimes you want to do back cross type stuff. Sometimes, you know, you want to create some completely different new or like with that, with that chem and the Australian bastard cannabis, like yeah, the Australian bastard cannabis on it by itself sucks. Like the cannabis sucks. It's not very good. It's not enjoyable to smoke. I don't like it at all um (laughs) it's not good uh but it has the most radical leaf shape ever it's way cool and completely worth capturing you know what i mean so that is the instance where you need the foreign material because bringing it with itself really is just going to give you more crap you know what i mean that does this thing you know so if you're trying to do it for that you need the foreign material so that's when your outcross comes into play you know and you need to you need to get some you need to get a donor um to to do that. And then there's a million different ways you can do that. Like, is your donor a true F1 hybrid? Was it worked line, you know? Cause the only way you're really gonna get a true F1 is having two inbred lines come together to make a true F1. Otherwise you're just, you're just throwing shit back and forth. So, you know, any aspiring breeders, like don't be afraid to like spend a couple of years on something and then throw it in the trash you know, or or spend a few years on it and then be proud to release it because it takes a lot of time just to kind of go through them all and like really look at it and be able to figure it out, and navigate, you know, what's going to change the world, like I said, you know, what the, what's going to change it, you know. So,
0: uh, I can't help but wonder, as we're pushing, you know, legalization across the board is Mr. Tree's going to is Mr. Tree's ready for like big big time cannabis or will you concentrate more on you know being that boutique fire guy because most of us you know that's what we're looking for you know, I'm, myself included, I don't give a shit what everybody's talking about. I want everybody, you know, I want to bring to the table what you'll be talking about after I leave or yeah. like fucking down the road sometime. <laughs> and that's only going to come with the boutique shit. You know, the guys that are like throwing that shit about, yeah, everybody have it. I'm 10 million seeds. Marble's growing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Damn, Fuck, yeah. you.
1: Like you got so drones spraying, spraying pesticides and shit. You know,
0: <laughs> you know. I I get it. I get it. I, you know, but is it in the morals? Is it in the cards? Would you prefer to, uh, you know, stick to the fire and you know keep yeah. to us smaller guys that are you know serious about it? Or I guess you know it's not a bad thing. Is I mean is scaling up yeah. necessarily that bad of a thing? Is it? Could it risk quality or all that down the road, or is it just the fear of? I like kind of kind of way. I like the way me Gene kind of limits things a little bit. You know what I mean? It, even though it's good, it keeps it in the wine. You either you got it, then when it's re-released, it still holds its value. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'm talking too much. You tell me.
2: What? No, what's no. Plan?
1: man, um we need all pieces to the puzzle, you know what i mean? We need that we need that commercial stuff for the people who, you know, don't have a ton of money, who don't care, you know, the the my dads of the world who just want to spend as cheap a dollar as he can and buy whatever that you know with the most he can get for that, you know? And then there's going to be like the real heads who like have the fire and man that's where that's where it is. I don't care And I I help people with fruit trees and I do, you know, help with fairly big stuff and all all types of plant, you know, status. But yeah, once you start getting too big in numbers and you start hiring people that aren't your eyes or your, you know, your personal blood trained or whatever, you know what I mean? Like if as soon as you get more eyes than you on there and it gets so big to where you can't put your hands on each plant then you are now going to lose you're going to lose something you're going to lose the the relationship with the plant you're going to lose that thing that makes it the fire you know what i mean um if you can grow the fire but i think that we need it we need the commercial stuff we got to have it pumped out there we need to more people smoking the better i think the more the more access to it the better it's all going to be worldwide period i don't really care but i always do think The dudes with the fire are going to be able to freaking control any table that they want to and do whatever the hell they need to, because they got the fire, you know, and, you know, the, the mean genes of the world, that's where you want to be. You want to, you want to have people like you said, man, you want to bring that jar to the table and have people talk about it long after you're gone, or that be the jar that empties first, you know, and that's the, that's, that's, that's that's the thing, you know, put them all out there, which jar is empty. That's the one. That's the one you want. You know, right there. I don't care. Throw all that shit in the garbage. You know? I don't care how good it is. That's the one you want. You know, so yeah, we need it, but I'm always stand boutique. I wanna I wanna help the little guy. And that's what I do with my fruit tree business. I go to people's houses, personable. We help with fruit trees and diagnoses and help them grow their own food and get healthier and use their land and teach them how to, where the hell their food comes from and how to utilize that and take advantage of Southern California sun. And then, you know, being on that personal small level is like the greatest thing ever, you know, it's rewarding and it's nice. And that's the way cannabis is and needs to be, you know, that's what makes it real. You know, that's what, that's what, that's what connected people. That's what Bob Marley was talking about. And that's what, you know, all those fools, you know, have always preached like the, you know, it doesn't see anything. It just sees people and brings people together from all places, you know, and it's it's the greatest thing in the world, man. It's it's killer. But you lose that, you know, along those lines when you get too too driven by charts and shit, you know? So I can't work with charts. That's not how I do it. I've always been a free bird, dude. <laughs> I like charts, but. I don't want to be told I got to do it certain ways all the time. I want to feel it out. I want to be able to be in tune. That's important.
0: You uh, to that.
1: Couldn't
0: be any better. You kind of touched on the base of uh, seed size a minute ago. Should people necessarily use that as a necessarily a sign of vigor or quality of the seed Uh, some strains as you pointed out man just put out small beans and some ones just put out coconuts should they be scared of uh, when they get some and they're like oh man they're
1: not coconuts you know what (laughs) i mean yeah can you educate us
0: a little bit on Yeah.
1: yeah no seed size has a lot to do with you know a lot it's 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 i've grown certain plants inside and outside um under certain lights under other lights in different situations and done made seeds and all those different kind of aspects with the same plant and the seeds always kind of turn out similar but different based on how they were grown you know what i mean where they grew up how they how they what light they got where they were you know so seed size is mostly genetic you know in a lot of cases like with if they're really really small like in there is a definitive difference in seed size it's a lot a lot of that is genetics you know the the size of the seed is carried in like the genetics some are just coconuts some are in between some are small but then you have things like pollination time so when when did that plant get pollinated and how much pollen actually hit that that plant because if you pollinate that plant really really late And there's a billion friggin' pistols on there shooting off all over the place. And you, you, you're pollinating later in flower three, week, three, week, four, or somewhere along those lines. You know what I mean? Week five, week six, whatever. If you're pollinating late in flower, there's going to be more pistols and more seed sites available. So the seeds that are produced by that pollen that hits there, you're going to have more of them. They're going to be crammed together and they're going to be smaller and they're going to be more misshapen. They're not going to be as pretty and as beautiful and as big and, there's going to be more of them. So less energy is going to go to each one because the plant's only going to have so much uptake. So um, kind of like fruit trees too, like fruit trees don't care about how big the fruit is. They just care about getting as many pieces of fruit out as they can because that's their seed. That's their offspring. So they don't care if it's good quality. They don't care if, it, you know, if it's gigantic or pretty or whatever. They just want to get as many little pieces of crap out there as possible. So the more Poll- the more you know, pistols that get hit with, with seeds, the later in flower, the smaller your seeds are going to be anyway, because there's less space for them to develop. If you pollinate a little earlier, you'll get less seeds, but everything's spread out more uh, substantially. So you've got less, less pistols sticking up pollen's going to hit these things and you're going to have these seeds start forming early on in that in that flower's formation and those seeds are going to be bigger and beefier and perfect and great shaped and strong and they're going to harden up and be inside that flower and they're going to ripen up really really nicely and do well um and then also like cooking your seeds long enough most people don't cook them long enough which means not cook them in the oven but like grow them long enough flour them long enough um it takes at least four weeks from pollination to get seeds that'll start to really grow. You know what I mean? But really, you know, if you push into six weeks or seven weeks or even farther in some cases, if your buds aren't rotten and stuff, if you can go as long as possible, the longer you go, the better your seeds are going to be, the darker they're going to be. That's what you always want to look for in all seed varieties with the exception of freak show and a couple other ones that their shell kind of shucks off of there a little easier, you know, when they go, but most all night, I'd say most all cannabis stuff has the darker the seed, the more mature it got and the darker Brown, the better. Um, Stripes aren't necessarily, you know, always there on certain ones. Some are, some are no stripes, some are polka dots, some are dash, some are full on Really that has genetic, implications as well but size is genetics and then time of pollination has a lot to do with the size of the seed and then the quality of the seed always the longer the seed goes on the plant the better they're going to be no hands down um you pull them early and you got some kind of whiteies, or they're just light brown you know i mean yeah some of those are going to grow and you know whatever but they didn't they didn't mature you know they're not going to last nearly as long Uh, in storage. They're not going to be durable. They're not going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to get a quick, a quick bang out of those, you know, Um, you're going to have poor germination rates. And then like pulling your seeds out too early, making sure your plants are dry as dry as fuck before you actually try to take the seeds out. You start taking your seeds out of wet buds. You've now contaminated them with different types of bacteria in the air and other things. You've now stripped off a lot of the coating that's trying to harden on the outside shell. So that's how come you'll see some seeds look like they've been peeled a little bit, like part of the coating has been peeled off, you know, because either the weed is that like supremely dank and super sticky to where it's like, you can't get those seeds out of there without some of it peeling off, which is great. And that happens. But a lot of the time it's people that are pulling them out when the weed is still too dry or too, too wet and the seeds haven't hardened over enough. So let them be really dry and making sure that, you know, you can shake them out of there pretty, pretty good. And they're falling out of there when you touch and it turns to dust and just seeds are dumped out of there and they're all dark brown and beautiful. You know what I mean? If half of your seeds are white, you know, then, you know, you, your pollination times are messed up. You didn't cook them long enough, whatever, you know, you got all kinds of stuff and you got, but most of them should be nice and brown. You cook them long enough. They should be hard. And the colder you cook them, or not cook them, but the colder the temps when they're growing. And if you malnourish them, you don't give them enough calcium and food and new, they're pregnant ladies. So you want to treat them like something that's produced in a life form in their belly. You want to eat, you know, eat healthier, right? So you want to, you want to feed them well when you're, when you're making, making seeds so that they have all the the nutrients necessary. Uh, But you, you know, you want to make sure that that when, when she's cooking that like, you're not pollinating her over and over again, as, as they're developing, like y- you get a certain window, a week period of time where you can throw pollen on this thing. But if you're throwing pollen every couple of weeks and your seeds are never going to ripen up, you're always going to have seeds at different stages and different, different places. So getting in and getting out with your pollen is good. Um, nourishing them. And if you don't, if you oh where I was going with that is if you malnourish your seeds, then your shells get really hard and they have a hard time cracking. You get really hard shells and they don't, they don't, they're too thick. And that little embryo has a hard time cracking through there. So proper nutrition with your seeds and good temperatures and stuff helps them not have too thick of a shell so that they, you know, do what they do. But there's a million things, man. There's like all kinds of things that I, you screw up or, you know, Oh, big one. Don't ever don't get your seeds out of your plant. Don't shuck them all out of your plant and have them, you know, um, don't take them from your plant and then put them in a sealed container. Like never do that. No matter how dry it is. Like I would I would just let them sit out for at least, you know, at least five days or a week or something like that before you you bagged them up or jarred them up or did any stuff like that. So you give them a little a little dry time a little one-on-one dry time once they're out of the plant. Uh, if you pack them up too early, sometimes you'll open that seed, you put those in the dark. And if you don't put them under cold right away and you just put them in room temperature in, in your little seed spot or your storm someplace, you'll open that thing up and it'll be all fuzzy and moldy and, and messed up because you packed them away too soon. So keep them out, let them dry out a little bit. That'll save a batch.
0: Uh huh. Another thing I guess I want to ask about that is uh, necessarily proper storage after that point uh, as far as making sure after you've got them off the bud like that is making sure there's no husks in there as well that might suck up some moisture hold it when you do cap them seeds off, uh, cause a little bit of problem later.
1: Is that uh, yeah. something like that? Yeah, so like um I find that if you're putting them in the cold, under cold storage, you know, in the fridge or whatever, yeah, you don't want any of the husks or anything. You want them pretty clean because uh, those things will, you know, they'll collect moisture and, and they'll they'll mess you up a little bit, uh, have the potential to anyway. Um, so I always make sure they're really clean if they're going to go into cold storage. But if they're just going to go into room temp storage, what I do for lots of them is I have like... Uh, you know, a beer cooler, you know, just a regular old cooler, throw a bunch of beer in or food in, you go camping, whatever. Um, those coolers are killer and you, you just get a couple of those coolers or a cooler. Most people just need a cooler, but I like got a couple coolers on, uh, but you get a, a cooler and you, you stack it in the coldest part of your house, you know, in a closet someplace in the dark or down in the basement or wherever your cold room your garage, whatever, wherever it's cool, you know, doesn't get hot. And, uh, those those coolers keep it killer. I mean, you can keep seeds in there for, you know, 10, 10 years and have you know have them pop, you know, and do their do their thing uh, as long as you have them dry and stored them, you know, clean and good in there. Um, I like that because you can get out, you can open it up. You can go through your seed collection. You can look at them. You can pull out stuff for people to give them away or whatever. And you're not constantly opening up your fridge, taking out your fridge, messing with condensation, and fiddling around with stuff like that. So I prefer to keep most things in my coolers so that they're they're just they're ready to go. And I keeps them cool. You know, you put a cooler, and you know how cool it stays. It keeps things cold as it is. You know what I mean? You just put it in a cold area of the house inside that cooler. It's dark. It's dry. And it's cold. It's designed to stay cold. You know what I mean? So um, that's what I've been doing, you know, for years. And that's one of my favorite things. But some of the special things, like some, some, some Pam, you know, some of my special lines that I have, you know, really proud of, i always take a little portion of those seeds and I'll vacuum seal them in the, like a food saver bag or whatever, you know what I mean? With a, with a little desiccant pack uh, either in there with it or at least in the, you know, I'll, I'll food savor it and then put that inside of a jar or inside of another bag and then inside of a jar with some desiccant and then that'll go into a fridge and that stays in the fridge for, you know, longer. And then I don't have to really worry about that as much, you know, every, you know, 10 years or five years, I could kind of pull them out if I wanted to, but really, Every, every few years I pull out the stuff in my cooler anyway and I'll recycle a bunch of it and I'll remake it or I'll go through the seed stock and make sure it pops and I can grow some of it out, remake some of it or whatever um, just to kind of keep it fresh. But the coolers, man, the coolers is easy. And you don't mess them up real quick. You know, it's, it's, it's the best way in the world. You can throw them in a regular old Ziploc baggie. You know what I mean? And instead of writing on the baggie, Pro tip right here, dude, if you're doing baggies, right? Key tip, just take a piece of paper and write your information on the piece of paper and put it inside the baggie. Don't write on the plastic baggie because you put that plastic baggie in there, all that writing wipes off eventually. You always lose parts of it. It fucking. I have bags of seeds that I have no idea what they are. They're just, I have no idea, you know what I mean? Because of that shit. So take a piece of paper, and it rips up off your mail and fucking write the name of whatever it is and whatever info you want to keep and put it inside the fucking bag with your seeds or inside the jar with your seeds. So don't write on the jar. I mean, you can, too. But, you know, have a backup plan, man. You know, you forget what you do. <laughs> so true. And that is
0: such a good pro tip. It is. A pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> for me man it's never been that like a huge scale like seed hunt type thing but for me it like i've got dude tube tubes full of seeds that i did that on i'd like oh this is da, 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 da. And now it's like what in the hell is that no oh,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never grow them because you don't know what they are you know it just you know it sucks sucks yeah too many times man has that bitten me man so yeah little tips like that i swear to god it's like out of anything it's like the stupidest little things i'm like oh my god i should do that you know it's like makes so much sense you know somebody doesn't somebody doesn't do that and they're forgetting uh, that's gonna change somebody's world you know so silly but it, it just saves so much time
0: so what are uh what are, besides cannabis, what are your second and third What you know things you'd like to do?
1: Um, you know, fruit trees is what I do, you know, when I don't do anything. I've always been Mr. Trees, even, you know, forever. It's not for cannabis. It's because I am the tree man, you know. So, trees is always cool. So, plants. I get texts every day from people. What is this plant? What is this? Do you know what this is? You know, all that stuff. So, I, I like I'm the plant man all the way around when it comes to that and fruit and production and culture. But aside from plants and shit like that, man, I like, you know, I I like collecting coins, weird nerd shit. I'm super deep into like space and like astrophysics stuff. Um, I like uh, stock market stuff. I'm into crypto cryptocurrencies and funny things like that i'm hip to all those funny little things lately i'm trying to learn more and not be old and really you know take advantage of some stuff um uh, i'm i do uh you know i play music my dad's a music teacher so i always played music man i play anything with strings you know guitar is my my thing but i play anything with strings you know i can play all that shit um i'm not great at anything um but I can play. I've been in lots of bands. I've, I've done some touring. We've, you know, I'm, I write lots of songs and funny things, stupid stuff like that. Or, you know, that's what I did a lot of my youth, you know, smoke the weed and now weed houses and writing songs and, you know, practice and spend, you know, we spend a lot of time doing shit like that, you know, but man, I spend just a lot of time learning. I mean, if it's not like I, I drive a lot because I travel all over looking at different orchard plots and different people and, Uh, I I travel all around I spend 200 miles a day easy just driving around going to different places um, doing fruit trees and helping people with cannabis and random shit like that Um, so along the way while I'm driving I do lots of like audio books and YouTube I'll put YouTube on and I'll put like soil science on or I'll put astrophysics on something on or I'll put the stock market thing charts on and I'll just I spend time learning like how to make like you know how to how to do things you know how to do certain things that are going to help in the long term you know how to make how to so i I like to learn i guess is like the overall answer man i spend a lot of time learning about shit you know and trying to figure out you know how much stuff i can cram in here that ain't completely useless that you know maybe you know maybe help somebody or Help me, you know, send my kids to a better place, you know, and make sure that they can they can be smarter than I was, you know what I mean? Because I didn't take advantage of nearly enough stuff, and I didn't start learning until I was friggin' in my thirties, like mid thirties. I was like, man, I'm dumb as shit. I didn't I didn't do any of the things that I should have done. I just know about these fruit trees because that's all I've ever done. So now I got to learn about all kind of. I had to start helping with homework. I didn't know any of that stuff, you know, certain things. I was like, man, I got to learn about everything. So I just got this crazy learning bug. And I just dive through it. And I just learn, man. I learn about everything. I try to I try to learn and do. You know what I mean? So that's it. That's so I'm doing awesome, a good brother. You know? Don't
0: ever grow out of being a nerd, man. Don't ever grow out of being a nerd. <laughs>
2: Seriously,
0: man. Yeah. I'm a big Audible fan now, too. And what is it? I, You know, as I sit here and listen to it, because I wonder, too. And I think a lot of other people do as they sit home and watch the fucking History Channel and other shit. Why wasn't I interested in this back in school? This since cool shit. Uh, I no. honestly think it's, you know, uh, they were forcing, it's a force yeah. art, itinerary. That's you know, it. it we, I think the kids nowadays, the homeschoolers have more of a better chance because, you know, they're learning more geared toward what they like what they want to be you know even if they fail this is the way i see about it even if they fail you know at a younger age you know nobody's going to know what they want to do growing up but if they say hey i want to be an astronaut and i'm going to learn everything it takes to be an astronaut it's if they if they've 18 and they're not going to be an astronaut is that a fail hell no they've learned a ton of shit along the way passionately that's the difference too they passionately learned it you know what i'm saying and i think that's what's happened to us you know we were force-fed what we they thought what they thought we should know and then when we get to be our age we go well this is what i want to know and we dive in fucking both feet in the shit
2: totally
1: dude like I can't believe it, like so much useful shit that they should have been teaching us, you know what I mean? That like I talk about with people with, with fruit trees and like practical things that we should just know as like human beings. You know what I mean? It's like it was the forced, like you must know this. Like still in this fucking day. I've never used algebra or anything like it. I've never written down an equation or anything like that and tried to do it in that in that you know, aspect. And I know there there are reasons for it, but there was so much effort and emphasis placed on certain things like that we're just like you know we, we could have been learning something else that really would have been more practical you know or for for the majority and then you know it's just so silly man they just learning is the wrong way in school i was never good at it but i'm a great learner it's so weird you know what i mean like i would have been a great student had I had options instead of like you have to do this because i ask questions and people don't like people who ask questions you know so I want to know. I want to know why about shit. You know, they just want you to do it. You know, and like this is just it. Just is. You know, I don't like that answer for anything. I don't like that at all. I want, I want to know why about stuff. You know, so I had a hard time. I hate, I hate the phrase
0: "I can't." As well, by the way, it's, yeah, it gets right under my skin. There's no such thing. You want to take the time to learn. You can do anything. You
2: can if mm-hmm. you
0: don't want. Something yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if so you don't have, I, I, yeah. go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I said, no. I, you're the you're, you're the guest. All right. Uh, um, I was gonna ask you because I'm a bit of a nerd too. I I absolutely love Audible. You know, that's why a lot of times you might not catch me in a lot of you know show chats or whatever. We. I feel like a lot of times, you know, I've kind of learned that lesson. I mean, I, want, I want to move on to brighter past. So it's fun to hang out and chat, but a lot of times if I'm in a show chat, it's because I just want to be sociable. That sense, you know what I'm saying? Unless the subject matter is, you know, why I'm there. Basically. But uh, I was listening to a book, uh, Botany of Desire. And because you're a fruit tree guy, I want to ask you um, about the beginning. They talk about apples, the plant, the first plant they talk about is an apple tree. Uh, so is that is it true? But it's got to be true what they say. But he, in there they talk about if we wouldn't have, if Johnny wouldn't have stepped in, basically, uh, nature would have us. We wouldn't even have one different apple. You know what I mean? We we had to step into to stabilize, because the possibilities of just letting them go each apple would be different we'd never notice
1: the same trees is that true yeah man um uh, <clears throat> most things there's like a genetic term i forget it's a, it's a funny word but like true to seed is not always common with fruit trees you know there's not it, it's 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 something that some things are and some most things aren't true to seed And apples, one of those things, it's not true to seed, you can't plant an apple and get the same apple that it came from, it's gonna, it's like the roll of the genetic dice, kind of like an avocado, you know, you plant an avocado, it's a roll of the genetic dice. So basically whatever pollinated that flower before it became an avocado, where other avocados around it pollinated itself, That's, that's an aspect. Then when it's out of the seed and you plant it, what's the soil composition, what's the water like, what's the environment like, what are the temperatures like? That turns on certain things in that seed, which are favorable for survival in a lot of cases. And then bang, you get a, you get a tree that grows out of that, that roll of the genetic dice. And you know sometimes it's, it's a magic tree that's delicious. And a lot of times it's not. Um, nature chooses strength and health and vigor and survivor, survivability over flavor right you know a lot of the time you know it's not going to pick the biggest beautiful like i was saying before the trees only care about producing as many pieces of fruit as it can they don't care about making them big and juicy and beautiful man has to step in and and make that happen you know but johnny Appleseed, he traveled around and on his travels he'd eat apples or whatever and he would plant seeds and everywhere he went had different situation a different you know climate a different soil composition a different place a different thing and out of those rolls of the dice came all these these trees and you know i think what he he was planting them for people behind him for years so they could have cider and food and all kinds of stuff whoever's coming from behind or whatever whatever the, the, the legend goes i don't know but um yeah so out of those groups Certain genes turned on and some of them were really shitty and crab apple-ish and no good. Some of them turned out to be pretty tasty. And the ones that turned out to be pretty tasty, those were the ones that we took pieces of and we made clones of and we started grafting with. And that's how we got the, the Haas avocado. You know, it was he, I think it was a mailman. His name was Haas or something like that. And he planted a seed out of an avocado that he ate, that he brought from wherever. And out came this tree that produced fruit and held the next year's fruit on the tree, which was like double productive, which at the time the king of the avocado world was Fuerte and Fuerte has like a main season from like, you know, July, from January to like March, you can eat Fuertes and Haas, you can eat from March to like July and sometimes into August as like almost double the season because of the length of time that it, that it sets. So that immediately replaced the fuerte trees and all the avocado groves that were growing all around here and during the avocado belts were replaced with hosses because it was more productive they could make more money and it all came from that dude mailman seed that they took a piece of because it was a productive badass plant that had a feature that was beneficial to us and that's basically how the apples came and they they can breed them, you can start rubbing pollen and get technical with it and start selecting for things. And like Dave Wilson Nursery, um, they're, that's a cool thing, cool website to look at. Uh, they do a lot of like, I think it's the Zager, Zager family or Ziger or something like that. And they do all the breeding for the apriums and the pluots and the pluaries and uh, all the crosses, the, 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 cro- the nectoplums. All those cool things that are killer, killer, killer plants. The pluots you see in the stores these days, but those are all pollen breeding crosses. They're taking pollen and pollinating and growing the seed. And out of those seeds, ten years later, some of them turn out to be tasty, some of them are crap. Most of them are crap. The ones that are tasty move on to production. You know what I mean? And that's just—that's—that's that's just how you how you go about it. But nature will always, shall always select for, you know, survivability. And usually, that doesn't that doesn't come with high quality. You know what I mean? It, it, I mean, it's possible, but that's not likely in a lot of cases.
0: Back to uh, the selecting for mutants thing, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's what really is. That that'll teach you something cool about breeding too. If you get some some bastard cannabis, you know, some pure bastard cannabis. And I, you can get some from CSI. I think he still has some out there Um, or hybrid tech or one of those guys have been working with it for a long time, but yeah, you get something pure like that and then you cross it to your favorite thing. And then you, you gotta grow, you gotta go through that population. You gotta breed it. You gotta go through that breeding process. So it makes you be a breeder, makes you do an open pollination. So where you're capturing the genetic pool because you don't want some of those plants that you have there might not have that trait problem you know as easily accessed you got to do them all so you grow them and then you got to do selection on all those mutants and that teaches you a lot just like looking for the mutant leaves when they sprout you're like oh cool 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 and you can kill all the rest of them and then you only got mutants left then you can work but it, it teaches you a lot really quick to be able to see it you know just blindly crossing this plant and this plant they look the same they're already polyhybrids it's just the swirling of the of the friggin' wine glass, you know what I mean? It's not, it's, you're not going to see a lot, you know, it's hard to see it a lot that way, you know. You got to do the work.
0: Just kind of checking in here, pushing what,
2: three hours?
0: Yeah, what time is
1: it? I got, you know, I'll smoke this last bowl, and if, uh, are there any other questions or anything out there? I'll, I'll answer a couple more. But yeah, I'm out of weed, so we're gonna have yeah. to. I've got to go get Be some more weed. I'm gonna have to go get some more weed. <laughs>
0: so yeah, I've had it fun tonight, man. I definitely have enjoyed this. And I did you know, I don't do this with my questions. I there I I come to the table just
1: as raw as this can possibly be. Seriously. That's <laughs> no, good, man. No, that's that's the only way to be, bro. You gotta shoot from the hip, dude. That's that's the only way to be. You know. That's all right. That's it. That's real.
0: So uh, what 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 necessarily is something that you're hunting for, Kurt? What is there, is there something out there? That, uh,
1: the thing I'm most excited. You mentioned
0: for is the, like the dead body kind of thing,
1: but uh, that's what else it. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the that's what I'm most excited about. Is that it's P one stock men straight from friggin Afghanistan, like straight off the friggin, you know, the real deal fucking stuff. You know what I mean? Like straight from the source. You know, so in it and it has the exact, like, turf profile, uh, it's got morpho- morphological characteristics, and that particular batch of seeds went through, like, one of the worst cold snaps of, like, the history of that area, right, and it still was, was strong, you know, so it has this durability factor built into the genes, too, but those acrid like i said that concert weed where every motherfucker in that in that hundred thousand stadium knows that you're here when you showed up you know because your bag opened up you know what i mean that that is what i'm looking for and i believe that that came from there originally before we killed it all off you know so it was something like that from something you know someplace like you know probably afghanistan that just just carried that 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 through and god i hope that you know and and then smelling these and veg right like it's like damn it gets me excited like they if they were just regular or they didn't have any started scent you know i'd be you know i'd be excited i would be but it was that extra like 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 little hop skip in my step you know what i mean when i kind of when i can actually like smell it i'm like oh. Yeah. And they all smell like that, you know, and you're like, okay, this this is the real deal because they're already foul and they're just they're just kids, you know what I mean? So um I can only imagine kind of what's going on there. And that's that's what I like to smoke. I like that nasty. I mean, I don't want it to be nasty, I mean I don't want to taste dumpster, but it's that raw fuel chem, earth, <laughs> armpit like heavy duty stuff that you know, like you 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 take it in and it's fucking powerful. And then when you blow it out, you're like, God damn. And it just leaves that 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 lingering dankness on your on your breath. You know what I mean? That you just can't get enough of. You know, I can't it's hard to describe that that taste, man. But that that fuel, that real skunky fuel bull rider P91 esque type tones coming through there, you know, like there's, yeah, it's gets me excited, bro. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited that I'm going to use the males all in there too. And I'm going to use that to, to pollinate a bunch of my stuff, you know, the stable. So that, that dead body goes to Pam, dead body goes to, you know, the Royal, it goes to the, the OGs, it goes to the cool stuff. So it's going to have, you know, we'll have some ice cream cake that it goes to. So you get the you know, some dead body cake or something, you know, it'll, it'll be really, really nice, um, like stock to use, to play with, and to open up, to have, and then to work the line. Cause I want to work that line in pure. I want to make sure that it stays pure. And then I want to work it to where it is. It is, it becomes my area. My, my, my terroir, my strain, my worked line here in SoCal in this little zone. Um, you know, my pure line. So whatever happens over there in Afghanistan, you know, God help the people or whatever, you know, what's happening. If some of that stuff gets killed off or taken out, at least we got pieces of it. that will just continue on, you know what I mean? On the, on the farm somewhere, you know? So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep that stuff and I'm going to work it pure, but I'm also gonna, I'm going to send it out into some stuff for some fun, you know? So that's what I'm excited about. I'm really
0: stoked on that. So I can't help but wonder do you do you already have some fun names uh, dealt <laughs> out? There's a lot of places no. you can go with like a dead body funk. Or do you know. like wait until it's harvested and you're smoking it? And <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And no, I mean like, Yeah, I usually.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll totally.
1: <laughs> yeah that's it now like booty shorts I named booty shorts when I was harvesting it and I cut off all the fan leaves on booty shorts and all the pine cone buds that were on the ones that I was keeping had like this really sweet looking little uptick like thing with the with the sugar leaves the way that it was just sitting and it looked like just a fine little fine little rear end you know that was just put Perked up by these little short things, I'm like, oh man, look at those booty shorts on that legs because she's got long legs, that really long legs, and it has all these little things, and just like this, this is this little, you know, it was the it was perfect name, you know. Uh, But most of the time, I wait for somebody to tell me what it reminds them of, or I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, oh shit, that's nasty, like that's that's a good one. Bacon dog's one of my favorite ones, you know that, you know that's just too easy and it just does it good and I like that. But there's a couple of them that they got to come to you when you're smoking them or playing with them. You know, I don't try to think about it beforehand because there's so many projects that I've done that that you know, I'll never release some of them. You know, they just, you lose traction or you, you didn't like what happened or, or whatever. So when they come out good, then I start looking for names for them, you know? All
0: right. Uh, Big son in chat has uh, well, Mr. Big son please go back and watch the uh, earlier half of the show. He kind of already answered the first part of the question, which was uh, mothering pretty much out for uh, using it for mother fem seeds, which is I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much hit that one a little bit. But yeah, he does bring up another good question. He, he's asking, what do you think about uh, seeds grown with uh produced with synthetics versus like seeds uh produced with in an organic
1: environment soil versus like cocoa produced I uh I don't really I've never I've never seen a a definitive difference between the two um I think the sun makes the most difference out of anything like were they made under the sun or were they made under lights you know what I mean I think that has a lot to do with it and if, if the plant was well fed I don't think that the synthetics and the organics is gonna like affect the overall extreme quality of the seed, you know, in the end. Now I would prefer out of like pure gut and like mantra and feeling and just who I am in general. um, I believe that a organically derived, you know, seed with with healthy good ingredients you know what I mean The wholesome ingredients just like like I said before with the pregnant lady you know you want her to eat nice healthy good wholesome ingredients fruits and vegetables that are really good for her. you don't want her eating a bunch of chemical garbage and stuff like that you know I'd rather I'd rather it that way for the production of the seed or the the baby so um, I believe that the relationships that the fungi and the bacteria and all the soil food web has to offer when you don't disable them uh, with the synthetic stuff or, you know, stump them or whatever. Uh, I think that having that has an effect. I think that, you know, the source of the ingredients has an overall wholesome effect. It makes me feel better about it. But as a scientific like standpoint, if you were like really scientific about it and were a pro and wanted to grow with, science 100% technology the way that it goes like a lettuce or whatever and you're gonna you're gonna test sap and you're gonna take those necessary soil samples and do those things so that you can really dial in a, a nutrition level to peak performance then I would say hell that's that's fine you're 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 not you're not gonna see any difference there because we are smart and there is some shit we can do with synthetics and it's not bad um but just as like a wholesome better energy idea of I think that eating a piece of fruit for us as a you know we eat the piece of fruit our body recognizes that piece of fruit better than it would recognize a multivitamin or something like that that was pressed and made in a laboratory I think that we might lose parts of that you know in a certain case so I don't know if that breeds true but I would I would rather it always be organic you know i buy organic vegetables if i ever buy them i grow organic foods and stuff if i would ever choose to so naturally i'm gonna always do my seeds that way too but you know science is a beautiful thing and if i was laying on a table and i was gonna die and they're like we gotta shoot you up with this crazy stuff or you're out of here i'd be like shoot me up with any crazy shit you got dude because <laughs> i want to i want to use it man so the tool is there i'm good with it you know so yeah, I don't I don't see a difference, but I think it's better the other way around.
0: So from a guy that uh, has a, strain, a few fun strings, one of them being the booty shorts there, which I fucking love. Yeah, I get I get to ask this question at for ICD, and they want to know: Does Pam prefer to be bred with just large males? <laughs> <laughs>
1: i love it dude that's the greatest question i've ever gotten dude that's awesome that's that's fantastic that's great uh you know i don't know uh when i select males if i'm gonna pick one male over all the other males i always pick the daintiest one of them all though so I don't think if she wants large males, she usually don't get the large males. You know what I mean? I usually pick the dainty, feminine ones. You know, so yeah. But yeah, maybe I'll make a dip. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll maybe we'll find her a hog, dude. We'll see what's going on. <laughs> That's great.
0: Gotta oh, love chat, man. It's great. Hell
1: yeah! I love it, man. The best thing in the world. I'm stoked the people are out. You know, they're listening, they're having fun. doing it's good. You know, life is good, man. They're
0: still fuck, we're, we're perching. Two forty in the morning here, two thirty six <laughs> Michigan time. There's ninety people still hanging out. Oh yeah! Watching us. Oh it's yeah! It's been a great episode, man. I've Thanks. definitely,
1: Thanks. Thanks. I've got to spend this
0: time getting to know you for sure. No, I'm for glad you're.
1: I'm stoked you 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 know I'm stoked you had me come man that's the that's the shit bro so it means a lot so hopefully I didn't ruin it after
0: wearing wearing this shirt on the Yo show fuck <laughs> I was I like, not gonna ask how was I like, not gonna ask man I'm telling you I watched fucking hung out that was one of those nights where i watched i didn't even say nothing i was just kind of sitting there cheesing in fucking back here just fucking grinning grinning <laughs> that you bought this shit god that was a, such a good night
1: <laughs> oh, that's all oh, i love it thank you for that thank you again yeah. for that by the way <laughs> no yeah man it, it'll happen again bro i like the shirt so i'm i'm down with that you know we got to get you some stuff so you know, i get you some seeds and some stuff the next time I see you, man. We need to get that, we need to get together for sure. Hopefully, hopefully. That'd be cool as hell. I'd love to support you in any way I can, for
0: sure. I have no problems in supporting the people I like, that's for sure. Them are the people I prefer to support. I'd rather prefer <laughs> to support somebody that I know than somebody I don't know uh, any day.
2: <laughs> so. um, oh, yeah.
0: With that being said, I know uh, I don't know if you get to smoke your other bowl or not, but there's a few minutes of uh, goofing around here before I let you go anyway, so we might as well get started with that, I guess. So Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much of the show you've gotten to uh, watch, but there's a few aspects of what goes on the channel here, okay? There's, of course, the spotlight that we're doing right now, fucking talking shit with me and uh that's the main the main gig but then there's also what uh is now it's turken it's taken a few journeys as long as i have through the show it started out with the rabbit hole and it kind of it's just like buying a new car it kind of seemed to pop up everywhere and got a little confusing so and then it then it well it kind of took a natural turn to be honest with you because it was the rabbit hole and it was getting like a phrase you seem to cow everywhere and it but uh we were i was dipping my feet into organics and organics started really becoming uh more part of the show and one night we were in the rabbit hole and we got a really cool wormhole story from the uk uh it was pretty cool. It's a good story too. And from that night forth, we kind of changed it from the rabbit hole to the wormhole. But then things kind of changed. We moved forward. And uh, last year on Sub's birthday, I tried to... Sub was a good friend of mine. Sub cool. I'm sure you know who he
2: is. Oh, right
0: on. uh, I try to keep his legacy alive somewhat because, man, basically what we're doing right now is something that he really started a while ago hanging out going live hanging out in his chats lie on the community a place to fucking chat you know what i mean live time and i greatly appreciated that and uh, as well as last year you know he did the seed the seed thing too and he gave me that power mr trees so i know the power of giving the seed what kind of you know smile and what I know all that goes on with that. And I still I try to keep yeah. with me because I want people going. I know how how self-sustaining it can be. It can be very empowering. You know what I mean? It kind of draw so many clauses to grow. And he he gave me that. You know, once I, I was a weed nerd, but then I was lucky enough. So I was always a tester for it, but I was a weed nerd. Then I got the chance to become one of his reps. Once I came on to the rep, I had access to seeds. And that's where I began my playing seeds journey. And I seen the, the impact of it. So on his birthday last year was the first year since he had passed. So last year I took a uh, jelly bean, ancient orange and sangria. And I sent them bitches around the world for uh a grow along that kicked off on his birthday. So we had you know a grow along, you know, so everybody, no matter what, could check back and you know, whatever. This year things were a little kind of hectic for me. And I, you know, again, I ain't missing my brother's fucking birthday. So I wanted to do something for him. So I kind of I got a hold of all the original weed nerds, Miss Jill, Mendo Doe, all of us that used the the term with heart, <laughs> yeah. and thought, uh, hey, man, what do, you, what do you guys think about me changing the show over to, or this portion of the show, to Weed Nerd World? And they were like, I love it. And we kind of even emphasize, if you look in the title where it says uh, Weed Nerd World, it's W-E capital, you know, and breaking it down because it's we yeah. are Weed Nerds. Yes. You know, it isn't just the Weed Nerd, it's we Nerds. So hell yeah! Since you've done that's part two of what happens on the show here or the channel, and of course, organics—the organic takeover with Smiley is another aspect. Hopefully, you can come back and talk a little smack with a Smiley, on the takeover yeah. as well. But uh, so you've done the first portion of the show, and that opens you up to Weed Nerd World. In, in that, we how Weed Nerd World works is. Monday nights is a guaranteed Weed Nerd World night. I don't schedule any guests for Monday night. So anytime you feel like jumping in on a Monday night, you have the key. No invitation needed. It's a strictly I want to basis. It's only open to past guests. You have to do this portion of it to be welcomed into Weed Nerd World. So it's the same Zoom link. Uh, Any the other times, like say if we shut down, the usually the time slot, but I told you it's kind of endless. I usually go, if I've got a guest, if I'm lucky enough to have a guest, sometimes it don't always work out like that. Last night, blank. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, hopefully I got a guest to kick off the night and I start off at 1130. And then I take it as far as the guest wants to go, but it is open till 420. So if we close things down fairly soon, I'll probably kick it back open till 420 and let the past guests jump in and finish out the night. So anytime that you see Weed Nerd World in the the title, you know, if you're subscribed, <laughs> you see it pop up. Grab your phone. You feel like hanging out, talking cannabis. Sometimes it, lot. it there's a lot of cannabis that this does get discussed there, but you 360 days a year, 365 days a year. Don't, try not to take any off. Uh, it's hard to keep it to cannabis. So it, it goes cannabis, sometimes conspiracy theory. It goes up and down. It is whatever you want it to be. Nah. So if you happen to tune in and it's uh something you want to partake in, come on. You don't need you don't need the invitation. Yeah. Strictly want to. So I want to throw that nah, out there. And hopefully you,
1: uh, jump no, I'll, you
2: yeah, I'll definitely do it.
1: I'm up, I'm up late doing stuff, man. So, and you're, you're ahead of me anyway. So you're right in the prime, prime time. So you'll see me, man. I'll pop in for sure. That's cool. you yeah, good man. people, man.
0: Even if you just taking five in the garden or whatever, and just want to smoke one and say hello to everybody. Yeah. Hell
1: yeah. Appreciate so, it, man.
0: I've guessed well, hell, it's my pleasure, man. It's worth it, man. You've been a hell of a guest. You're obviously a great guy. So, why not? Why not ask you to hang out a little bit more, man? It, you know what I'm saying? And that's what it takes sometimes and enriches everybody's life it's, you know, as much goodness as you could possibly surround yourself. It, man. Uh, well, one other thing that, uh, Before I let you go that I'd like to get from you is I do this crazy thing called the sound bite. Basically, uh, I don't use them right away. I kind of wait for let the let the things die down a little bit. And I use them for a reminder, but basically, it will be a commercial for this episode. So this is a corny thing I call the soundbite. It's just like all the old school radio identifications. Hey, this is a pair of and I'm on C-Rock. This is no different except in my version it's, hey, I'm Eagle and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle. Episode 520. You put whatever you want before or after as long as it's kind of got that in your soundbite. I would greatly appreciate it. I will start recording right now.
1: For your soundbite. All right. I'm Mr. Trees, and this has been Talking Shit. Talk fucking talking shit with Eagle. Hold on. Let me do this one more time. I'm Mr. Trees, and this is fucking talking shit with Eagle. This is episode 520. Enjoy it. Have a good night. They will enjoy it too, because this was a
0: really good episode. Tons of thank yous all night long. And uh, this been like I said, man, it's going at three o'clock in the mornings to 90 fucking people watching. They definitely have enjoyed this episode. So I thank you very much for your time. Again, I think the first chance to get to meet you, that photo op. I very much thank you for the, the t-shirt incident. that that was that made me a couple of days for me. And thank you for coming on and donating some of your time to the channel, to the show, to the community. It's the most precious thing we have. And, you know, I can only
1: try to pay you back with good heartedness.
0: <laughs> well, I'm good, man.
1: Have me back, man. We'll hang out more. Uh, anybody who needs me, you, you know, hit me up. If you got questions with your trees, you need help, man. Just let me know. Uh, check out my YouTube channel, man, Mr. Trees. If you do, if anybody it hasn't just done that, the link. Check it out. Um, That way, uh, you know, it helps me out. I'm trying to build that up, too. And if you're into growing stuff, that's a fun place, man. So, but I'll come back. You know, you're good people, Eagle. Much love, man. Thank you, brother.
0: Weed is 207 and the mods around here have been dropping your links all through the show. So hopefully they can impress and hit those links and subscribe to the Instagram and
2: YouTube. Thank you,
0: brother. And thank you for putting, you know, all you do in the community, dropping that knowledge, spreading the fire genetics. That's the important part, man. If it weren't people like you, we wouldn't have shit to grow. <laughs> or or the, even worse, we'd all be growing the
2: same shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right, man. It's crazy, you know. It's, but now there's support each other, man. Everybody support each other, love each other, you know it's
0: all good well that does wrap up this episode episode 520 i can't believe it's already stacking up to that kind of number but uh thank you guys for tuning in if you're not going to transfer and uh, hang out in weed nerd world then thank you for your time if so then take that break fill your tray use the restroom i will see you in a few minutes for the rest of you you guys know the deal Random Acts kindness do save lives. Please try to take the time to do something nice for somebody. Again, thank you, Mr.